find us on Facebook, email us at headtoheadpinball at gmail.com or go to our website at headtoheadpinball.com. Welcome everybody to the Head to Head Pinball Podcast. This is episode 73 and my name's Martin and with me... It's Ryan C. And Marty, there are a lot of people that work on games that have really important jobs. The artist, the designer, sound engineer. Uh, But there's one person that marries all these pieces together and it's the software guy. And in my opinion, that person is actually producing art as well. And it's pinball coding artistry. Today we have someone who a large portion of the pinball community regard as one of the greatest pinball coders of all time, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lyman Sheets. How are you going, Lyman? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I, I would also add one of the greatest pinball players of all time, but, you know, why not? Those two things uh, are pinball. Yeah, I, I, uh, maybe a while ago. I don't know. It's uh, These days it's... It feels more like work than fun, I guess, for me, depending on which uh, which tournament you're talking about. But uh, and there's so many of them, it's hard to. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all of what's going on now. Hey, Lyman, 2018 has been a massive year for Stern. Um, they've released a whole bunch of new games, and even though I believe you haven't really been the coding lead on on any of these games. Um, it has been a big year for you as well because I mean, late last year we got the um, a Walking Dead up, Walking Dead update, which was unexpected. This year we got ACDC unexpected. Uh, right. A million Batman updates to get to to 1.0. You're finally there. Um, and then last week we got to Metallica. So we saw you the other day on the Dead Flip stream playing Batman 66, and you were. You, sit, you sat there with a, a pen and, and a pad, and you were writing down notes. Right. Are games in your eyes ever complete, or is it a never-ending process um, in your mind to, to get there? Um, I think at some point they're complete. Uh, there's some games I know I probably never really want to do too much to. Uh, Walking Dead, I would say. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out, and they're really... I don't feel like there are really any holes in the uh, in the rules or the scoring or or anything like that. You know, it's a pretty fun game and um, pretty reasonably balanced and everything else. Uh, but then um, other games, I guess, sometimes it's sort of like uh, it's a tough balancing act when there's so many rules in the game, and then you just have to play it and play it and play it and play it, and then. You know, you find out, oh, okay, this person did this on it or that person did that on it. For me, it's because the games are uh, not like Attack from Mars, very simple, straightforward, pretty easy to balance the game out. There are a lot more rules in the games today, and the scoring is a little bit more, I'd say, like, uh, you know, less linear. That it takes, for me, it takes a little more effort to, I guess, like, get things right. So, are you doing that by watching streams, or is it is it watching people in person at tournaments? How do you, how do you reach that balance? Because, as you said, it, you might play the game to death and think, okay, this is this is a pretty balanced, and then like the Keith Owens of the world will find an exploit, and it's really, uh, it's really everything. Um... I can't go to all the tournaments and I can't go to all the locations and watch people. Um, just for me personally, I play, I play the stuff that I work on and then I can kind of get a feel 
for like, okay, this is fun, this is not fun, uh, this is too much work, it's too easy, too hard, this score is way out of whack, uh, whatever it is. And then beyond that, uh, there are a whole bunch of other people who play the games with different things that they're thinking about when they're playing. And sometimes I've seen like, oh, I, I never thought anybody would play the game that way. Or um, Keith seems to be pretty, pretty, pretty good at, um, and some other people I'd say like uh, Kaylee is pretty good at just sort of sniffing out exploits in the game. And then, uh, um, you know, they're also usually pretty good about saying, hey, you know, take a look at this and you might want to do something about this or, or whatever it happens to be. So it's really a combination of all of it. So, so obviously, you've got to take the the designer's layout and build code around that. Do you find the process of the fact that you know the the inserts and the direction is there? Do you find that restrictive, or do you like that and go, well, great, that's it. At least that's a definite. Nothing can be changed. Now I've got to get creative with that. Uh, it really depends on the game. And the designer, I know that, you know, like when Brian and I worked uh, on stuff at, at Williams, Attack from Mars, he was, you know, pretty clear on what he wanted to do with the game. And then a lot of the scoring stuff and the rules and whatever, you know, I would fill in some of the blanks. And then some other projects like, say, ACDC with uh, Steve Ritchie, it was a little more like kind of kind of loose uh, parameters for making the game. And we also had a little less time you know i think maybe i had like four months from when i got the whitewood to when uh they started shipping the pros in january of 2012 uh, to kind of make something happen so it really depends on the designer and the schedule the team and uh and how much time we have. I know, like for Walking Dead, we were just from the very beginning, John Borg, myself, Tenyo, Mike Kizavat, we all just sat in a room for it's probably a good two weeks to a month and, and just hammered out the whole design, you know, pretty much of the game. And then from then on, it's just a, it's just implementation. And some other games have been a little bit more, I guess, you know, along the way, figure stuff out, like uh, ACDC and Metallica were, were kind of like that. Well, then, I just want to quickly touch on Walking Dead, because I think that, I mean, as we've said before, people do hold you in high regard, and, you know, everyone really does enjoy your rules. But The Walking Dead is a really interesting situation, because, and I'll, I'll be respectful, because we all love the game now. But when it came out, people were sort of really focusing on the layout being a little bit brutal. Um, you know, the code scheme was there. But then you did this update that completely changed that game. How how did you do that? Like, how did you know what needed to change to all of a sudden take that game from something that was being, you, you know, it had some negative feedback to all of a sudden becoming just this legendary game? How did you do that? Right. So... Uh, the more I played the game, we had some challenges getting the game out and with the software or whatever else, uh, just with the content and everything we had planned. But uh, the more I played the game, the more I realized, I mean, I ran into all the same situations that um, that everybody else did. And, and to do that, it's easy to 
get a white wood and a game and set it up perfectly and whatever else. But then, you know, you go out onto location and the ball feeds badly out of the bumpers or, you know, it, you shoot a ramp and it's maybe not like that smooth or whatever it happens to be. And you experience, you just have to kind of experience some of the same frustrations that everybody else experiences with the game. And then once you do that, I mean, for me, I, I brought, I, I'd really tried to bring the game a little closer to people where it wasn't maybe so hard to get into something that was entertaining and also had like pretty good scoring potential. Like the modes became, um, a little bit more of a focus on the game and they were pretty easy to, um, you know, pretty easy to get into, um, to light the modes and then, kind of choose which one um you liked and and i really liked how they turned out because uh there are a couple of them that you probably maybe want to play during multi-ball and then there are a couple of them like say cdc and arena that you really just want to focus with single ball play and and work on them just with just one ball out and i guess like barn mode is somewhere in the middle and just to have like a little bit of that balance um to bring things a little bit closer for everybody and then um and then have a have a balance where it isn't all one thing so um you know just have to play it and listen to people that's really it talking about barn i mean like there's like Moose on the Loose from uh, Big Bug Hunter and you know Ryder Banshee on on Avatar and yep. at, at a kind of like a core level, those modes um, they started differently. Um, they kind of more started kind of like CDC at um, Bicycle Girl, sorry. But what, when you're in that mode, you've got a certain amount of time to hit a shot as many times as as possible. But for some reason, when I'm playing those other two pinball machines. I'm not sure if it's the, it's the scoring or the sound or the you know the, the the light show. It kind of seems really boring. Um, but when I play Barn, at its core, it, it it feels like it might be the same mode, just hitting the shot over and over again. Right. But it feels really good. So I don't know what you're doing there. Like, do you know the the difference yourself? You, you coded the mode, so yeah, um, sure. For me, it uh, obviously the more positive feedback you get from the game when you do something that's good for me i i would always like the feedback to be kind of proportional to like what i'm getting uh on a shot or for an award or whatever it happens to be i'm trying to think of a good example maybe of something um you know that might be out of whack or something you know i guess like if if i had an opportunity to go back and you know, put a few finishing touches on Iron Man. Like when I get the super jackpot on Iron Man, like I'd like there to be like some big, huge sound when you hit the shot, because right now there's a animation of, um, you know, Ironmonger getting destroyed and whatever else, but like, it just needs a little bit more for what I'm, I'm getting. So there's the feedback. Can, can, I, can I, can I mention another one? Um, I'm not, I know you, the Tron, um, Pinball Machine was kind of a collaboration with with um, with Lonnie, so I'm not sure who's in, in charge of this, but it, it's the the light cycle, um, you know, the, the three way combo that you need to to finish the mode. Um, usually, the sound from the from the second combo is more than the the payoff for the third. Um, uh, it's just like it's 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 a, it's a weird kind of like juju sound, and like okay, yep, that was it. That was uh, me getting that shot after after five minutes of multi-ball, so... Right, right. Um, that, that, that's, what, that's one as well, but it, it's... 
it's it's hard, right? With multipliers and stuff these days, like on Walking Dead, you can get um, a multiplied shot of say a million, but you can get a multiplied shot of half a billion um, right. if, you, if you really blow it up. But is it hard to program um, machines for like fanfare when multipliers are involved? Um, a little bit. Uh, the um, just getting back to um, that mode and whatever else. Um, the multiplier thing is also part of it too, because I mean, I think like part of the excitement of playing some of those modes is like in the back of your mind while you're playing it and you're getting the points and everything else. And all of those modes, I think, um, if you, you you can keep playing them as long as you want, and then uh, I guess with the exception of um, of uh, well, riot. Well, CDC you can finish, and tunnel you can finish, and arena you can finish. The other two, barn and uh, um, and riot, because they both go into the bumpers, and sometimes you don't get the ball back right away. Whatever, um, those run uh, eventually time out. But I mean, just from a scoring standpoint and a game standpoint, once you get the feedback right, um, it's just for me, it's in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, I'm gonna build this up to like 15 million and then I'm going to shoot the ramp and then I'm going to hit the shot for like 150 million or something. Also being able to keep playing the mode. Um, so even though you may not say get to the wizard mode in the game, whatever you could play a mode, say for a couple minutes and get a huge score, um, just, just by itself. So, um, mm. just, just to finish up with what you're asking about barn and, what I think about, or at least the modes on the game. Like when I start one of those, I, I am just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to blow it up and I'm going to get 200 million off of this thing. Well, so then let, let's move to Batman. So Batman, we saw recently the code get to 1.0. Congratulations. Um, it, it obviously took you time and, yeah. you know, I, I, there's a lot of reasons people have sort of speculated that, you know, you are a bit of a perfectionist and you really wanted this to just be the most amazing game. But but talk us through the time it took and I guess the the, the length of the, the, the detail you went to to get it to where it is um, and whether you're still really happy with where it, where it is. Sure. Um, well, it was kind of a surprise project, meaning it sort of came up uh, as a project that the company wanted to do. And the way things are, are scheduled here at Stern, there are um, people working on cornerstone titles, and there's a pretty rigid schedule for when those are going to come out and then when people are going to start working on them and, and so on and so forth. And then when the game came up, the company wanted to do the game, and there was some discussion about resource allocation and uh it was uh offered up uh to me to work on i was actually on a different project uh but when it came up i i took it um i really i really love that theme and it's for me it's just a complete departure theme wise from some of the stuff i had worked on you know in the past like metallica and walking dead or pretty serious kind of i don't know what the correct word i'm looking for is for those games but they aren't say uh light-hearted uh games and i was just looking and, and 
and embracing an opportunity to work on like a more humorous, funny, uh, kind of lighthearted, uh, game. Uh, and, and, but, uh, you know, here at Stern, we were bringing up, uh, spike Two, the LCD system. There were, I mean, anytime you bring up new technology, it, it's always, it takes a little longer. You, struggle through some problems and get them worked out and whatever else. Um, and then I didn't really have any other, uh, resources I could, uh, use on the project. I mean, it was pretty much just, uh, myself and, uh, um, Tony DeFeo who was working on the, uh, the, uh, the spike two stuff, um, the rendering. He, uh, he worked on a good chunk of the, uh, the game content, the graphics, I guess, as it pertains to other teams at Stern who work on cornerstone titles, uh, there are a lot more resources that are allocated for those projects than, uh, you know, Batman was like the first studio title. Uh, so is, is this, is this the game that you've spent the most, you know, like the, the largest percentage of the code is just from you? Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, the other games I, that I've done like a hundred percent code on, I'd say, uh, you know, Attack from Mars, Medieval, Monster Bash, uh, Spider-Man, ACDC. Um, I'd probably even say Metallica also. I had some help for, uh, you know, maybe three weeks right before uh, the game was put out. Um, and uh, it's it's easily the most amount of time I've spent uh, on a game. Yeah. And so we're kind of, kind of curious to know why is that is that because it is a new system is it because you know you've got video assets that you also need to synchronize as well i'm curious to know whether you know the rotisserie mech as well required extra coding for that to be reliable Uh, most of it for me uh was um having to just go through the material and pull out the things that I wanted to use um, for the game. Uh, Part of that was a function of the licensing. We had so much material available to us. There were, I think, around 120 episodes um, of of Batman, the TV series, over three years. Um, So each one's about, I think, like 24, 25 minutes. So, I mean, it's... You know, it's pretty close to like I'll say fifty-two hours or fifty-five hours of material to go through, and then of that, I think we could use maybe a little over eighty percent of uh, of the material. And uh, and then for me, I didn't realize at the time, uh, you know, kind of like what the company was doing with the uh, the LEs and the super LEs, and that. I mean, I just thought it was like, well, okay, it's going to be a premium only and, 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 and so on. So um, for me, I, I, I wanted to use as much of the material as I could um, because when I was a kid, I, wa- I mean, the things that made me happy when I played the game and I saw the material was like remembering all like the kind of funny stuff that happened um, in all the, uh, the episodes and I wanted to use, uh, as much as I could. And, uh, I, I, I was off by myself. I, I was pretty much my own, uh, as far as the video assets go, I was pretty much my own, uh, art support, uh, in terms of getting content into the game. And then also all of the, uh, 
the programming for just something that was uh, had a lot of material and was uh, pretty aggressive or ambitious game design. What was it? Did you know? The code is is where it's at, and you've got you know you've got the the major villains, but a massive part of the game now, of of course, is the minor villains, and there's there's so many to choose from. There's so much strategy. Was that was that always the path you're going to go down, or was the only kind of concrete thing because of the inserts, the major villains, and then everything else came after that? No, I mean the the design was pretty much. Uh was pretty much set as far as what you see today at 1.0 all the way back to probably when the game was first put out. I mean, that that uh, villain select screen uh, has been in the game in that same form, uh, I don't know, probably like for the last two years. So uh, for me, it's trying to come up with the storylines and the content um, to make the entertainment for the game and then the rules and the ideas for what the minor villains do and everything else um, was pretty much figured out, uh, I'll say, between, you know, like a year and a half to two years ago. Okay. How about the um, the, the Super LE? So uh, people have been kind of wondering, you know, since they bought the Super LE, that there's those call-outs. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the most recent update i believe uh it said you know please send your serial number to 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 this how does how does that get implemented is that are people going to have to enter in some code when they're like in the service menu to to activate the callouts or oh i see what you're saying yeah we've actually gotten pretty good response from people uh sending in the information so that that's been really good uh and um you know for me the information that i had just the reason or the backstory behind all of it was I, I, I didn't know who ended up with the games. I, you know, I could see like, oh, okay, you know, serial number, whatever went to France and this one went to Canada or, and, and I didn't know, you know, who ended up uh, with the games. So, uh, yeah, so there's a setting, uh, it's default off. So that way, uh, most people, I mean, there were, I guess, uh, 80 super LEs. So a pretty small number of people out of the, um, out of the total number of, of Batman games uh, who would be af- affected by it. So it's default off, and then uh, you can go in the settings and turn it on, and uh, the software will have in it uh, track mode speech and game speech uh, that's customized for the serial number of the Super LE. Okay. So, the, like, it, so the next software update, I guess, or, or whenever it comes, will just have like a, a table of contents kind of thing, and say, okay, well, if this is your serial number, your name is Lyman. So, um, when it gets to that stage, say Lyman. So it, it yeah. won't. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. No, so, so no. So what I was going to say is, so um, you know, Ryan mentioned before that that you were taking notes the other day when you're you're looking at it. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm curious, you know, at 1.0 for you like that really indicates that I won't say necessarily the game is 100% complete, but the structure and theme of the rules that's it, right? It what what you're going to get is there. How how yeah, satisfied there are, are you with it? There aren't any uh big holes uh in the game as far as what I wanted to do with the structure of it and the implementation, um, but obviously there, 
light shows that I need to do. There's probably some more score balancing uh, that I'd like to do. And I would say probably every single game that I've worked on, I I mean, I I did it back when I was at Williams. I mean, I think like right before uh, Williams was about to close down and I sort of got wind of, well, okay, well, pinball's going to go away. Um, I I asked uh, Ted because I had accumulated... Uh, a bunch of bug fixes and um, small minor rule tweaks and scoring tweaks and and features and whatever for uh, Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness and Monster Bash. And, you know, they just sort of sat on my hard drive and every once in a while I would burn a ROM and send it to a couple of friends and whatever and just make sure everything was, uh, you know, in the best shape it could be. Yeah, sure. And then right before... uh, you know, Williams was about to close up and, and that all that stuff was going to go off into some big warehouse never to be seen again. I asked Ted if, you know, like, hey, can we put this out? You know, I did all this work and I'd like people to have it and whatever. And so the compromise rather than doing a full release, you know, back then was like, okay, you can put it out, but it's free play only. And then, of course, people figured out like how to make it not free play only because <laughs> that's what right. people do. And uh, yeah, but uh, I would say that with all of, uh, I mean, I really enjoy what I do and I want to make the, the work that I do, I want it to be as good as it can possibly be. So, um, you know, I always try to listen to people and take notes and try to make things, uh, make things better. Well, okay. So, that's an interesting thought because I, I want to know whether do you have all these rules ideas constantly going in your head or is it that you get a new uh, project and then you go, okay, now I need to think about it. Or do you actually have some ideas sort of brewing around in your mind already? Yeah, it's a little of both. I know um, for Batman specifically with the LCD the main thing I wanted to do, not so much with the game, but with the LCD, is that I, w- I want to know where my points are coming from. You know, when I play a game and I'm in multi-ball and I have five things going or whatever it is, uh, I can, maybe if I'm not playing the game or if I'm watching somebody, I can at least see on Batman, I can see all of the things that are going on and the scores that I'm getting from all of the stuff with the different, um, like the little mini TVs on the side. Um, and so going into that, that was one of the things I really wanted to do because, uh, you know, I'm probably about as bad as anybody in trying to figure out a new game unless I can, like what my friends and I used to do back in, I don't know, forever ago is we go out and play a game and take turns watching each other play it and we'd figure it out very quickly. Um, so, uh, but sometimes, as far as rules go, uh, it, it, it depends. Um, I know on Metallica, I struggled a little bit um, because ACDC was super easy because I had, I had taken a break from pinball for a little while, and I had gone to tournaments, and I watched you know, people play some games, and it's like, okay. And the thing that really bugged me was like, well, everybody just plays this game this way. And they, like, you know, it might have been Avatar or something. Um, You know, everybody just goes for Double Link Super. And then, like, you either do that and win, or you don't do that, or whatever. And so for me, like I said, going into ACDC, 
I was like, how do, how do I try to make an understandable, reasonably understandable game, but where I can sort of choose how to play it, where there could be some debate about like, okay, well, I'm going to play Thunderstruck because like I can't hit shots or I'm going to, uh, play a uh, war machine because I'm really good at live catching or I'm going to play, uh, you know, Rosie or uh, you shook me all night long because I drain a lot with the ball saver on and I need the ball up top or whatever, uh, you know, whatever the, the, the discussion would be. Uh, and, and so having some downtime and playing a lot of stuff that was out there and saying like, you know, I want to try something a little different and I want to try and here's this problem I'm trying to solve. Um, so that comes a little easier. And then, you know, something like Metallica where, uh, you know, we had a lot of multi-ball in the game and a couple other modes. And then I was kind of like, this, this needs a little bit more. And it, and it took me a while to figure out, you know, like the crank it up stuff and to develop it and implement it and get it to the point where it's like, okay, you know, I think this is, this is pretty good now. So, well, that, that's, it's cool because, you know, people sort of, you know, it, it, the, the Lyman touch, right? That the stuff that you do is just great, but it's, it's actually kind of nice to hear that this stuff isn't necessarily easy for you either. Like crank it up just all of a sudden wasn't there and, and you just, you know, dreamt it up immediately. You, you really, had to work with ideas to implement something like that yeah i um i guess i uh this probably comes from just watching some of the things that have happened uh in the industry over the years just like kind of experiencing it firsthand and studying it um in the early 80s and and just sort of like what companies do during good times and bad times um my one of my biggest fears is like just sort of falling into a rut where it's like okay i did this game and then i made that game and and i made this game and then they all kind of like feel the same or or play the same or or you know whatever it happens to be and i i try i try pretty hard to not have say like a, a string of games come out where they they all sort of you know like feel the same because I you know I, I sort of watched Williams do it um, when I first started playing pinball in the uh, the mid eighties I played high speed and I, I loved the game and I loved the feature in the game the progressive jackpot and then you know it took me a number of years to kind of realize like wow you know like every Williams game from like nineteen eighty six to nineteen eighty nine I think maybe like Riverboat Gambler was like one of the last ones every single one of them had a progressive jackpot and it was like, kind of like, okay. And I think the same sort of thing happened in the early nineties after Adam's family came out is that like, okay, every game has got like, yeah, modes and I got a wizard mode and, 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 but you know, it's a game people get, you know, forget about just games. I like everything. People get tired of it after a while, the same thing. And so I try pretty hard each time to to try to do something uh, new and that was hard on metallica um it was easy because john borg didn't want to make acdc and i didn't want to make acdc a lot of other people wanted us to make acdc um in the end i'm pretty happy with how metallica turned out even though it was a little more of a struggle um and i like that that people can enjoy those two games 
and uh, and they they're completely different and they play totally different and uh, um, I don't know I like that. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got them both. I've got Metallica and ACDC and. Uh... You, you know, like you look at the play food and you say, okay, we've well, got two ramps and, and two orbits. And... <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's just, the strategy changes all the time. And, and like with AC, ACDC, did you ever, you know, as you said, you, you choose your um, song based on, on maybe the situation you're in or what your yep. strengths are. Did you ever think of kind of maybe locking people out of that mode once they've done it? So, you know, like there, there's a, a strategy involved with with when you choose that song, or do you did you always want people to? Because you know, for a while, people were just you know uh, either War Machine all day or, or Hell's Bells all day, and obviously those have you know been nerfed a little bit. But um, like when I play the game, for example, I've you know I usually used to go wizard mode hunting, and okay, I'm going to play this game until I get to the wizard modes, and then mm-hmm. usually sell it, but. Maybe it's because I enjoy playing ACDC so much because of the music. I think it's the perfect uh, pinball machine music-wise uh, to really enjoy it. But yeah. I've never once said, I'm going to try and get to the wizard mode. Maybe it's too far away, but um, have you ever thought of maybe, yeah, as I said, either locking people out of those songs or maybe giving people larger rewards for you know cashing out those songs and, and playing a different one? Right. So, um, okay. Yeah. Uh... Uh, all right, where do I start? Um, yeah, <laughs> so you can, I, I, I don't get. You can tell me I'm completely, you know, no, wrong, no, and that's a horrible I, I, idea. I obviously, I've thought about sort it. Sort through all of all of what uh, you were saying. So, um, back to uh, the music. Like, it is the perfect music for what that game is. It's it's very high energy. Um, get your, you know, adrenaline going kind of music and with the rules kind of like what I wanted to do with the cannon and the whole, I mean, it's kind of almost like back to high speed where, um, you know, you're building up this, it's not just sitting there for you to take, but you have to like do some work to build it up. And, you know, that takes a little time. And then, but like once you've spent that time to do it on the ball, once you're ready to cash that thing out, you know, you're in like the really nice part of the song that is really, you know, get you excited. Um, so for the music, it's like, as far as music goes, I think it's probably my favorite music game, like for pinball. Um, and then beyond that, uh, just with the rule set and how it developed, um, it was kind of, for me, like a new road to go down. Uh, because, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pick my mode at the start of the game. And then, I'm, I'm, it's not like I have to, well, I guess I have to light it or whatever to be able to change songs, but um, there were just three multi-balls in the game and the songs that you played and just, um, it was more, I guess, like of a, you know, a old school kind of points game than, you know, a, a goal feature-oriented uh, mode game. And um, But I actually really like that about it. Um, and, and so... Um, the 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 other part uh, of the game, I mean, it, for me, it would be nice to have, and I don't know if it would ruin it. I, I always think like, well, it's been out for so long and people like it. Maybe I just leave it alone and not mess it up. But um, you know, like right around maybe uh, song six, uh, you know, if there were, um, 
you know, some other feature like another multi-ball or something like that. I, I actually have it mostly um, um, worked up and implemented. I just have to decide, you know, like, is this going to ruin the game or not? <laughs> well, I so. mean, that, that's, why, that's why I said, I mean, I, I wasn't saying kind of like a, a mini wizard mode along the way, but um, like how, how much do you get when you cash? I think you get like a, a million points when you cash out a song. And I think it's it's progressive, but it's it's, you know, maybe a million and a half or 1.1 million. I'm not sure. As I said, I usually just play the same song over and over again. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, there is a little bit of strategy in the game as far as um, changing over uh, the songs um, during the multi-balls. It's, uh, you know, it's not very well conveyed to the player. But Is it the the album one? Someone said something that you can cash in. Yeah, album album and tour, both of those. Album is the one that people probably get, but there's, uh, like, song bonus. And so... um, if you go through album multi-ball, like each jackpot is, um, there's associated like whatever album, uh, in order from, you know, like mm-hmm. TNT all the way up to, uh, black ice. Um, so then whatever song you're playing, if that song is on that album, then whatever your song jackpot is, uh, when you get that jackpot, you also get that as a bonus in addition to the jackpot. And then it doesn't <laughs> yeah. reset. Yeah, yeah. So well, there's crazy, crazy rules that well, only well, the uh, yeah, people yeah. that read rule sheets. Uh, this was the one so. that, that Jordan Treadaway, one of our best players in um, Australia, young player. Um, he he spent, about, I think it was probably about 45 minutes explaining the rules of ACDC to me, and in the end, I went, okay, yeah, you know what, multiple, and and modes. <laughs> but but he did explain the albums to me that that the albums appear based on when they were released chronologically and if you're playing one of those songs that's on the album but there's so much going on in multi-ball i I couldn't even look up to to see that but it sort of right it it leads me to it just needs a feedback it needs like a big sound when you get it you know and it also maybe needs um when you're choosing songs it it needs um you know like a suggestion if you're going to change songs if you're close to whatever multi-ball uh you know it could tell you like how how far away you are, like if you've yeah. already passed it and you well, can't get it or Steve, whatever. Steve Ritchie's still, Ritchie's still working in pinball, so it should be pretty easy to, to re-record some stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He's uh, yeah. right next door. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so as I said, that, that leads me to the, the question around the complexity of your rules because they are complex and they are deep, but on the surface, you don't really need to understand everything that happens right down to the, the detail. Um, but is that is that a challenge for you? You just touched on it now, conveying the rules to a player beyond the five lines that you've got with the, the card on the machine yeah. and the inserts. Because I think that's kind of what you've done. You, you've done that with um, Walking Dead as well. And obviously, you know, Crank It Up was added after as well. The, these things yeah. aren't necessarily spelled out. So how's the balancing game for you being able to implement these things while still conveying what you need to do to the player? Yeah, that part's difficult for me sometimes because uh, for me, I think um, the games, well, so I guess the thing that I think makes rules work for me, um, I mean, I guess if I had to sum it up is that uh, I need to know that the rules in the game, like, you know, like song bonus, you have no idea it's there. You don't know, like, ah, oh, I got it. I didn't get it. 
whatever. You need to know that the role's there. Um, you need to care about it. It needs to be something that you want to get and something that's valuable. And then, I mean, for me, the last part is like, you, well, you know it's there. You want to get it at something valuable. And then at the end, like, you don't always get it every game. Um, and so for me, conveying a rule, um, I... I want inserts on the play field so I can look at something and have cause effect. Um, I could see the insert light up. I could make a shot and, and know that I, I, I collected this thing or I got this thing or I lit this thing or whatever it is. And to your point, you know, something like crank it up because it was added kind of after the fact. Um, it's really just like having the design up front and saying, this is what we're doing. Like, I, I feel like Walking Dead because we had a little bit more time with the game to flesh out the design and the rules and the inserts and everything. To me, like, that game does a much better job of conveying rules than something like ACDC or Metallica, which were made on a pretty, yeah, pretty compressed sure. schedule. Yeah, for sure. But but the, the, thing, the thing that I've... I, the feedback I probably get the most about The Walking Dead is multi-kills and you know going into horde mode there's some people that know exactly what you need to do right but the machine doesn't really tell you what you need to do no it does not um i mean basically if you just go in with the mindset that if i get into some feature whether it's a multi-ball or a mode um if if i if i do it well enough i'm gonna get a multi-kill if if you're a good player the good things are going to happen uh, yeah, or hopefully, uh, um, I mean, my audits say on that game, uh, you know, yeah, I guess if you say, uh, intermediate players are good players, but I've seen some people play that game and they just hit the ball around and they manage to get themselves into, uh, into, into horde. So, um, yeah, but I see what you're saying. Is it mostly to do with display? Like, if you had an LCD screen for any you know, oh. screen real estate for Walking Dead, like you know, with Iron Maiden, you've got that you know the power features right, on the left hand right. side. So, you, so anytime you can see, you progress towards that. I see what you're saying. So all you're really looking for is like you know, if you make a shot for Barn, it could say like you know two more for multi kill or something like that. Yeah, just so yeah. you have an idea yeah. of like, oh, okay, this is what. It, yeah, yeah, totally fair. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's not necessarily it's a, a criticism. It's that as you've got a layout and, you know, Walking Dead prime example where you went in there and you added so much that really brought it alive, it's then you've got this whole layer of coding that's got to go into then to further explain what's actually happened rather than just focus on having a, an enjoyable experience through the new rules. Right. Yeah, it's it's tough too because uh, when most people play the game, again, like they don't look up at the display. And for me, when I'm focusing on the ball, and that's why I like doing things in inserts because that's where I feel like people's focus is. It's on the play field. It's on the ball. It's like looking through the glass at the play field, not you know like looking up at the display. Maybe if I get you know like an extra ball or I start multi-ball or something like that. Like I'll look up at the display and then most of the time it's out of sight, out of mind. And even, even if it's there, I mean, it should probably be there, but a lot of times, even if it's there, it's just over, over people's heads. That's right. I don't, but do, I don't do, notice it. 
do you think it's now much easier with an LCD screen? Because there's some there's certain piece of information that you can now leave static on a part of the display because you've sure. got so much real estate there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. fair. And then, um, but for me, I, I would still want uh, the features on the playfield. I mean, throughout development over the years, every time we've battled back and forth about how many inserts we want on the playfield, and we need to get another five dollars out of the game to meet our budget or whatever it is, and then. The thing I've noticed is that every single time we take an insert off the playfield and somebody says, just put it in the display, then whatever that feature happens to be just gets it people. It's not even a feature anymore. It's just like lost when it, when it gets, but, uh, but, but like what you're saying with the LCD, uh, yeah, you can put all of that stuff up there, but then I I'd rather have it on the playfield. To me, the game is the playfield. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I um, guess probably the 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 one that does both really is is Iron Maiden, where you know, let's say you're talking about the the power modes, where on the left hand yeah. side it's got those countdowns. So mm-hmm. and they are persistent. Plus, it's also giving you an indication of what's happening on the playfield as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it, it's uh, all of that stuff is. I mean, to just be able to look in one spot and say, all right, I have the information I need. Uh, I mean, realistically with the display, it's, it's, do we even get rid of the status report and the instant info? It's like, if, if you need to show that, I mean, maybe for replay scores and stuff like that or yeah. high scores, but everything else, it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe I should either have an insert on the play field or some icons on the display that say like, all right, you have, two balls locked or one ball locked or, you know, whatever it happens to be, I shouldn't have to be hunting around and instant info for information. Just I, I guess it depends look. on what it is. I mean, the, the ball lock thing, that's a, an obvious one, but yeah. um, I mean, with Metallica, you've got like so many multi-balls that you can't have a, a, a ball lock insert for, you know, four different, right. a virtual ball lock for four different things. And um, I guess the one, you know, one for Metallica that people use all the time is their progression towards crank it up because you've got those those four things that, yes, you've got the insert on the play field to know that when you've, you've hit that one, but um, you don't necessarily know exactly how many more you you need until you, you trap up and, and cycle through there. Yeah, you um, might want to know if you have one more captive ball to get it because then I'll just shoot it and I'll get my crank it up or I have 10 more and I really want to start a multi-ball and make some progress on everything. So, so yep. Well, you talked about like the design process. So how, you know, obviously it varies from, from game to game, but after all these years that you've been involved in, in pinball, you know, like, I, do you wish that you could design maybe a pinball machine and, you know, create the code for it as, as well? Kind of like what, um, you know, Keith Alvin obviously didn't implement his code, but, you know, it right. was his baby through and through. So, you know, you're being kind of given these these layouts and then you have to work around it. You know, how, how involved do you get? And, you know, will you ever want to one day uh, design your own machine as well? Yeah, someday, absolutely. Uh, and the, I mean, the projects I've worked on have been, uh, you know, they've been all over the place. Like uh, Attack from Mars, that playfield was pretty much done uh, when I was assigned to it at Williams. And uh, a lot of the stuff, uh, Tron was obviously done uh, when I came back to Stern and. 2011 and worked on it with uh, 
Lonnie, and then there have been some other uh, games where it's been, you know, a little bit more collaborative uh, effort. I mean, certainly the ones with uh, Steve, we get involved early on, talk about ideas, things to put into the game. Uh, same thing with John, uh, Metallica, and uh, I'd say, though, um, you know, Walking Dead Playfield was probably pretty much... Uh, you know, pretty much reasonably finalized when uh, when I was assigned to it. Um, well, Walking whereas... Dead is, is like probably the, the only game that you know to start a mode you shoot drops on the left. You know, you got drops on on Tron, which kind of do a totally different thing. But right. was that was that hard for you to to code around something like that? Because for for me personally, like you know, drops on the on the left. Um, a, a less it's less inviting than a, a ramp or, or something because I feel like I'm putting the ball in danger. You know, right. just to kind of get, get the game going. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on those drop targets. Um, I feel like the drop targets on Tron are, um, I mean, outside of the double scoring, there isn't really any reason for me to shoot the ball over there. Um, um, and then, but on Walking, I mean, I love drop targets. And then on Walking Dead, it's it's I you know I put a lot of stuff over there. It's like I I'm gonna light the modes over here, and then I'm gonna have um, the items for the uh, well on the premium and the LE the um, yep. the the Walker bombs and then also bloodbath. I mean and uh, well if I can't light a mode then at least I should do something with the mode. So also getting more time when you're in a mode. So uh, yeah and it's risky. There's valuable stuff over there and I, I think that's maybe one of the things I really tried to get into. Um, you know ACDC as much as possible is just. Um, um, the riskier something is, uh, the more it should be worth. You know, like where, what's a good, oh, you know, a perfect example of a game that's completely in the opposite direction, uh, Party Zone. Yeah, the left ramp, yeah. We had that Easiest in, shot, uh, worth the most points. Yeah, and extra balls on it and the tournament in, uh, yeah, Expo in 1991. Uh, wow, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, that was that was a long tournament. So, <laughs> so then you know, obviously you've been working on on Batman, and I'm curious to know because obviously we saw a Metallica update come up, a, a significant update um, where you've sort of reduced some of the criteria by default to get into to crank it up. Um, mm-hmm. How how is it that going from working on Batman with you know all all that new code that's going through your head with the LCD, all the assets that you've got, then revisiting um, Metallica. It was a surprise to us. Why did you feel you needed to go back to Metallica to update it? Um, well, uh, I have a Metallica at home and I play it uh, a lot. And when I play the game, I the things I don't like or they're... Uh, uh, Again, you wanted like to see more feature. of the game, didn't you, Lyman? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it's it's I I always feel and uh, to watch people play, it's so hard. There's so many different people who play now, tournament players and casual players, and everybody in between. Um, you know, for me, I guess like the sort of barometer that I use for games is that uh, I want to be able to see. Uh, I want to be able to see the wizard mode in a game. If I have extra, I like I have extra ball shut off on my game, and then it's usually set up, you know, pretty hard. And for the time I had Metallica, uh, you know, I think I I got close to getting the fourth crank it up, 
uh, on uh, on my game at home, and it's like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not as good player as I as I was, you know, ten or twenty years ago, but still. And then you know, listening to people about like, hey, you know, we really like this feature, but it, it's a little too, you know, it doesn't feel right. It's a little too hard to get. Um, you know, so you make some adjustments and make some changes. But um, outside of redoing end of the line, which uh, I wasn't really happy, I, I mean, it's probably good that nobody got there anyway because uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't like what was in there uh, and, and cleaning that up a little bit too. Now I really like it. Um, it probably scores a little bit too much. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's really just just playing the game some more and just and just getting a feel for it. Like, does it feel good? Does it feel like it's too much work? You know, does it feel like it's too confusing or not satisfying? Uh, it just comes with playing the game. So, and listening to people. With ACDC, you talked about people kind of choosing totally different paths to each other. And, and, you know, the one thing that people were doing on Metallica, especially in, in tournaments, was you start the game and you bash Sparky because you're a certain yeah. amount of hits away. And, and I guess we saw a progression in, in tournaments where people loved to put Metallica in tournaments, but they wanted to change it up. So yeah. um, they, they made Sparky harder and they put Crank It Up um, a bit you know a bit easier as well. And, and now right. you've implemented that. So, you know, when people start the game now, now that the you know the grave marker multi ball is is four hits instead of five, which doesn't sound like that much of a difference, but you know since the magnet kind of throws the ball back into dangerous shot, yeah, is that what you expect people to go for, or do you expect people to now say, okay, well, everything is kind of at, a, at an equal distance that you know go your own path? Uh, I think you can still kind of go. I mean, obviously the bigger points in the game are in you know, the crank it up modes and, uh, seek and destroy can be worth a lot. Um, I mean, for me, I I mean, I understand a little bit more. Uh, I I don't, I mean, I saw some of what people were doing in the tournaments is like, okay, put it down to five, but then, uh, you know, it, it just sort of, uh, kind of, uh, negates all of the other points that you might get like okay i played sparky and i got like 30 million or something you know or i played some of these other things and it's sort of just sort of um neutralizing large parts of the game just to you know it's like all right why don't you just have crank it up lit at the start of every ball and see what we do you know like i <laughs> i just i it's a balance. i mean I had, yeah, I understand what people are saying, and then I think it's the right call, you know, to lower it. But I also feel like if people can't get there, or what? I mean, sometimes it's just set up hard, or you have a bad game, or whatever. I would still like to be able to play some of these other features, even if I don't make it to the first one, and feel like you know, I, like I don't think increasing Sparky harder is like the right call. Uh, I mean, I would even say like you know, maybe I should have lowered it you know, a couple because, um, the grave marker one for me, like I go for the grave marker now just to get a multi-ball and get some points on the board and then also be able like, usually by the time I'm out of that multi-ball, I have to crank it up lit. And it's a good balance between like multi-ball and single ball play those, that, that kind of dynamic in the game. But I mean, I would almost even consider lowering the sparky at this point, you know, one or two, maybe it just, it, 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 I mean, now I think sometimes I have games where, like, I get crank it up and I don't get sparky, and it's like kind of the opposite of, um, well, you know, probably yeah, what we, people focused on before. 
we were talking to kind of tournament directors and tournament players, and I, I think it was like you know uh, Bo and Kieran who we were talking to, and and he said he he loves it because um, it promotes one ball play, and one ball play means uh, you know there's there's more risk, and the ball times are generally shorter. So yeah, um, I mean that that's that's what I like in say ACDC when I've got a big song jackpot and um, I just drained out of multi ball and I've kind of you know I, I cash it in or I, or I lose it all or crank it up where your base value of points when you're hitting all those shots is significant. So you want to keep on going, but the, the jackpot is usually bigger than, than the, the, the points that you're accumulating. Right. Um, C of simulation as well. There's no real um, cash out, so to speak, but that's also a one ball kind of intense yeah. game. Is that, is that something that you're mindful of and that you're coding in? Like there's a balance obviously because, Multiball is, you know, one of the greatest things that happened to pinball because it's it's so much more exciting for for people that are new to pinball. Um, how do you balance out those multiballs plus single ball modes in in games? Yeah, so um, I like uh, I like single ball stuff. I mean, I don't think I'd do a game that uh, that didn't have multiball, but I think you know probably around the time of well, okay, so I'll back up. Uh, you know, like high speed uh, was probably like I keep going back to this game. Uh, <laughs> the first game <laughs> that I really felt, you know, like multi ball was like this big cool thing, and then you got it and you felt really good, but then you you still had something to do, and like and that was kind of like the whole game. And over time, it's you know, now I feel like it's kind of like, well, it's like multi-ball for everybody. Yeah, you know? and, we're always and, in multi-ball. Yeah, and jackpots for everybody. And and for <laughs> me, I don't, I, you know, I multi-ball. There's no real risk when you get multi-ball. It's like good players. They they trap up. You know, they use their skills to pick apart the game. And for me. The intensity of just having a lot of points on the line with just one ball in play is like that's the the rush and the adrenaline that I get when I play the game. So um, multi ball, you, you, you can't just put that in there like you know. As you said, you have to have multi ball and stuff because you know your feeling when you're playing pinball, you know the adrenaline rush that you get. And my feeling might be similar, but it's not for a large percentage of players, right? Like the the multiple feeling is is bigger to them, right? Yeah, I think so. Just, um, I mean, obvious, obviously, obviously, the majority of people are just maybe playing the game for entertainment value, or they don't know so much. Like, what am I doing? Did I just do something good, or did I not do something good? And then maybe they relate um, their accomplishments when they play, or however they feel when they're playing to like seeing things happen on the game. Uh, and multi-ball is like kind of one of them, you know, like when I played Adam's family and the thing hand comes out, like, you know, that was super cool and uh, things like that. And then multi-ball is sort of like in that category also. But for me as a player, I, you know, I, I play, well, we all play for value. So, um, as as far as playing for value and score, um, the single ball stuff is that's when it's on the line. It's like I either get this thing or I don't, and if I don't, I'm done. You know, and, right? And that's so. It. 
So it's interesting you bring up Adam's family as well, because that that's a good, for me, example to juxtapose against the point I'm going to make. So with with Adam's family, you're either in multi-ball or you're, you're trying to get your modes, and sometimes the modes are worth something, and sometimes they're not. You ignore them and you just get back into multi-ball, whatever it is you want to do, right? Yeah. But have a look then at your machines. And Ryan and I were talking about this before. We've had this conversation with a lot of people. Some people refer to it as layering I refer to it as combining, meaning there are two things that you can do. Any any number of things that you can combine, it then becomes a new experience. A, a, a very simple example is, you know, multiple and modes with The Walking Dead, right? So mm-hmm. some some multiples work better with some modes, for example. Yeah. So when are you are you intentionally and therefore having to test all the different combinations of what people can be doing to bring these things in to determine how much excitement there is or how much satisfaction, or are you just creating the platform that says, all right, everybody, you've got the sand pit, go and play. You will find your excitement, whichever way you like. Um, I try to, uh, I try to, as best I can plan it a little bit ahead of time. Um, I mean, I guess using walking dead as a good example, uh, um, one of the big multi, I mean like probably the best, you know, multi ball stack in that game, uh, with a mode would be like bloodbath, which gives you, I think points for switches and riot, which gives you points for switches and wall Walker, which gives you points for switches. And then, um, <laughs> if you can stack and, and of course, bloodbath, double scoring. You, yeah. Double scoring up top and you can get the add a ball, uh, for the, uh, for the bloodbath. And then, I mean, it's, for the riot shot, if you can make the riot shot and get the ball into the bumpers or actually hit the spinner, which, you know, I know that shot isn't really worth much when all of that's going on, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like kind of setting stuff up like that and then, uh, you know, seeing what people do and, uh, you know, sometimes it, it gets out of hand, but, uh, I, I can always, you know, I, I can always go back and, and make a few changes or a few tweaks and, uh, uh, you know. But is that what you're looking for when to. you're watching people play is to see what situations they get themselves in and whether that has translated into something in, enjoyable? Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, uh, well, I mean, there's entertainment value of just the game by itself, whether it's a mode or a toy or a multi-ball or whatever it happens to be. But then, um, you know, a lot of people, they go out and play games and figure out games. And, and I, for me, it's just like kind of fun to see what people figure out. Like when you say about layering or stacking or whatever, it's like, well, if I get this, this and that, uh, uh, you know, then I blow the game up. Uh, I, I enjoy seeing stuff like that, you know, seeing people like it, it's part of the fun, you know, to figure out the things that you can combine, uh, for better opportunity, I guess, or better entertainment. Um, just back on Metallica for a second. Um, with the latest code update, you added the super spinner, I guess it's, it's, it's called, you know, you hit the, the four picks and then the both orbits are lit for one rip. Is that the, is that the rule? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think the post stays down too, so you can. Uh, yeah, it goes all the way around. Yeah, yeah. And if you happen to, I don't know if you can, but you, I mean, 
it's uh, yeah. If it comes around, you could probably just keep uh, you know shooting the shot or yeah. So, but yeah, ah, it's, so it's, okay, it's, 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 it it stays, yeah. it stays. Okay, so it, yeah. as, as long as the spinner is still spinning, it's still active. Is that correct? Is that what yeah. It is? yeah. Okay. Is it is, is the sound that it plays is that exactly the same as the normal spinner sound, or is there a is there a super spinner sound? Uh, there, uh, there is a sound that I had that I ended up, uh, not liking, um, <laughs> because the sound that's there is, uh, it, it's uh, got a lot of low frequency, uh, it's, yeah, it's really, if you have, if you yeah, have a subwoofer, yeah. it's like, do, what, do, 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 right. And what I really need is one that's like bigger than that one. <laughs> so it's like more, more bassy. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't increase the pitch or. Yeah, oh, a little bit. Um, I had some, there were some rifle sounds and gunshot sounds and stuff that I tried out. And it just, I mean, I almost, it was almost like I wanted to swap the sounds. Like I wanted the normal spinner sound to be just like a quiet gunshot. And then I want the super okay. spinner to be like the normal spinner sound that's, that's it's, there. It's now. hard, right? Because, you know, what you hear um, on your PC when you're just playing the sounds on its own is probably completely different than you know, when a Metallica song is playing and there's all these other things going on, right? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. and and even though you're not the sound engineer, you're the one who has to put all that stuff together, right? So right. Um, it, it must be hard to choreograph all of that plus plus the light show and, and whatnot. Um, last last question on Metallica, and I could just probably take the glass off and figure this out myself, but <laughs> since, since we got you on the line... Don't do that. Um, It's cheating. The... the the Metallica Super Skill Shot, where you um, you hold down the left flipper, it orbits yeah. all the way around. It lights one lane, and if you hit that, um, it'll start your hurry up to to light that whole lane for you know the whole crank it up thing. Right. Um, in tournament mode, is that the same for everyone? Because it's, it's a random shot, and you don't know until it, I guess it hits the the top loop, and you know. Yeah. Um, sometimes so... it, sometimes it's the left ramp where it's just like it's impossible for me to get because I don't know how to like bounce past it over and control it enough, but. Yeah, so in the old code prior to, uh, what's the code now, 1.8? Uh, in the old code, it would always just be the left orbit, uh, unless you had already finished the hurry up for the left orbit, then it would be the uh, the grave marker. And if you fit, like it would just work from left to right uh, for what you still had to finish up. Um, in the latest code, um, what I did, so um, it'll always be on the arrow that's blinking uh, where you'll get your items. So um, ah, the ball's so you just know in, before you. Okay. Yeah, you'll know before you. Uh, yeah, it's one of the things that bugged me because um, I, not so much for tournament mode, but just playing the game like out of location or whatever else. Uh, I'd be like, well, which one's it going to be? And then. It's like you kind of have to figure that out while the ball's coming <laughs> yeah. at you, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. So, uh, yeah, so I changed it um, so that it is uh, – uh, it's on the arrow. It's on the blinking arrow. So when you start a new ball, wherever the blinking arrow is, is, is then that's where your, uh, your super skill shot for the hurry up is going to be. Okay. So I've just got a bit of a, a segue then with that because – there's another game that's got that same mechanism and that's Star Trek, right? So you hold down the right flipper, you can do the warp skill shot. If you hold down the left, a random shot is lit for the super skill, right? Okay. So you were going to work on Star Trek and then got moved on to something else. Is That's correct? 
Yeah, I was uh, originally supposed to work on Star Trek, and then uh, I was asked to work on Metallica. Right. So everyone knows Star Trek is my favorite game, and 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 I love it. Love the layout, love the the theme, etc. But I can't help but wonder what a Lyman coded Star Trek machine <laughs> would have been. So I'm, I'm not, I, and no, no disrespect to who coded it because I, I still think it's a fantastic game. But just off the top of your head, one or two things that you would do with that layout. Ah, uh, well, uh, that layout, I really enjoy that layout. Uh, the game plays super smooth and uh uh it's a great game to shoot it's very uh player friendly uh you can the ball just goes and makes shots it's not it's a pretty easy game to play um so uh you know for me i think uh there are a lot of similarities with that game to uh star trek next generation a little bit like you know the shots and the layout and and everything um i'm not sure exactly what i would have uh what i would have done with the game i know steve was a little more hands-on uh with the game and you know he wanted the modes and the captain's chair stuff and 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 kobayashi maru i mean i think i mean i don't know i think everybody who worked on the game did a did a nice job on it so I, I doesn't answer your question. <laughs> no, you can't. it's it's, it's, it the, really it's the worst question ever. It's the worst question ever, Marty, because you're pretty much saying, no, how could you? Im- it's, well, it's it's just of, like how can you Im- saying it's the worst Im- question ever. Well, okay, well, it's like how how can you improve on the code that your coworkers did? You know, like it's, no, it's a know, loaded question. I know, I'm not. It's not. No, it's not trying to be like that, and but, that's why I I didn't ask how would you change the entire game. I'd just be curious to know your thought process looking at a layout like that and all the inserts, whether there was one thing that you'd look at and you'd say, this is what I would do because this is my style of thinking. It's it's absolutely no disrespect to who actually coded the machine. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for the insert layout and the shots and everything, um, uh, you know, let me think. You know, I the one thing maybe is... Um, I know, and for me, it's it's pretty easy to make those outside shots. Like once I get through one of the modes, and I finish, uh, I'm like, all right, I need to get into the next mode. Like I I want to progress through the game and whatever else. And then, um, you know, sometimes I think maybe for casual players or those shots are kind of hard. Like the yeah, one, they don't. The eject A lot of them the don't actually and, know what to do next. They just keep hitting right. ramps. It's like, no, I, I, I want you to get these two shots on the left because you're not actually in the next mode yet. Right. Right. So yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe if there were another something, I, I don't know the if it would work on the, yeah, on the vengeance maybe where you could, uh, yeah. something a little easier to, to get the next one started. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, and let's not forget that the the way we're designing rules now is different to the rule sets four or five years ago. So, you know, it, it's it, like we're looking at, um, you know, things like Guardians of the Galaxy having rules implemented in it that then get put back on Aerosmith. So that that's kind of what I'm getting at that. With, with today's mindset, what would you do with something historically? And Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And and I use that as an example because it is my favorite game and I, you know, w- wonder what would be. But, you know, you've got a lot, a lot of other games in your back catalog that had a lot 
simpler rule sets that, you know, if you had your time again, you could really complicate them up. Yeah, and I don't know if that's always uh, a good no. thing to do. I mean, for me, it's I, I you know, I uh, two very similar games: Attack from Mars and Iron Man. Like, I love both of those games, and they are just there. There aren't a lot of rules in either of them, and they're just fun. Like, they're fun to shoot, they're fun to play, and uh, I don't know if I'm in the mood for a short game. Okay, maybe not Attack from Mars, but uh, Iron Man. Uh, you know, if I'm in the mood for a little longer game, uh, I, I, Batman plays pretty long. Um, ACDC can play, uh, can play pretty long too. Um, I have a, uh, Lord of the Rings. That one plays pretty long. I don't play that one too much, um, anymore. Um, it's a really fantastic game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just have to be in the mood to, uh, I don't know. Bring the pot of five minutes every time. Yeah, bring the pot of coffee down <laughs> into the basement, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like the variety. You know, for me, it's I. It just gets back to not wanting to make the same game every single time. I mean, I'm sure uh, people would just allow just make whatever it is. Make Attack from Mars. Just make that every single time just give me and really what people are saying is like give me a game that people is simple and people like to play and and you know and is fun and and whatever else like give me that every time and the hard part is like knowing you that you can, yeah knowing that you can't just make the same game over and over and over again so. <laughs> um i mean talking about rules being uh you know kind of more complex i mean did that you know with with Keith Johnson's work on, on say, Lord of the Rings or Simpsons Pinball Party, was that a, a catalyst to start, you know, because he did that on White Star where, you know, I'm not sure how he did it because, you know, the, the amount of memory and space that um, you guys had back then right. um, it was kind of insignificant compared to the Spike system where you've virtually got unlimited space. So, mm-hmm. you know, was he the first guy that did that? And, and then did you say, okay, well, now it's okay to do that because Keith is doing it? Um. Well, I think uh, you know probably when Bally Williams closed in 1999. I mean, I had a good break from pinball, and uh, after that, I worked at uh, you know I worked on video games for three years, and then uh, uh, when I was getting back into it, I mean, I I, I love what Keith did with Simpsons, and uh, you know some of the stuff that you know, we were doing at, at Bally Williams obviously wasn't that involved and, and deep and everything else. And for me personally, like trying to go out and play pinball out on location in 1999, 2000, 2001, I don't think there was a single place in Chicago that I could go really to play pinball. Uh, and you know, for what he did on that game, like, uh, implementing the theme uh was uh you know he did a great job implementing the theme and then all of the people who uh were still there uh people who went to tournaments and still wanted to play pinball machines and whatever it's great because you you can't go out and play um but you can buy the game and have it in your home and i mean i think you kind of want a longer playing game. I know when uh, Midway was transitioning from coin-op games to consumer games, it's like, all right, so you're designing a video game and you're trying to, you know, 
make it very intense and fun for three minutes and now you're trying to put you know like 20 hours of content into it um i think the same sort of thing happened uh during you know like say when keith did uh simpsons lord of the rings um and those games that were done at stern i mean i really think it was more of a case i mean keith in the end really i think he just made the kind of game he wanted to make um and then I think we learned maybe at Stern about how our market was a little uh, skewing more towards people buying games for their homes. Like, you know, when we did uh, Family Guy, um, you know, it's probably a great game to put out on location. Uh, and But is it a, a, a game that you would have for your family, you know, with the... Um, swearing and yeah 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 and all that and then so jokes. right and then so we uh rethemed the game uh shrek and i you know those two kind of groups of people seemed like kind of mutually exclusive like the person who was going to buy a family guy you know maybe wasn't going to buy a shrek i don't know um and and it it was maybe at that point where we started to figure out like oh okay uh you know we have all these people who just want games they're they're buying games and they're putting them in their in, in their basements you know maybe the combination of you know i don't even know what um internet or you know maybe some of the stuff that happens you know around 9 11 uh, and just sort of a transition of people like going out for entertainment uh versus like going out you know, or staying home for entertainment. And now everybody just like goes to restaurants and they do maybe everything at home. I don't know. So, yeah. Well, you know, just on the, the complexity of, of rules, um, you know, multiply is a, a one thing that can kind of, um, separate the, you know, the average person to the, to the good player, if they understand the manipulation of multipliers. And yeah. uh, I guess on, on Metallica, you've got like the, the two X play field and then you got, I think two X in multiple. I'm not sure if there's anything else besides that on, no, that's on it. walk. Yeah. On walking dead, you've got two X play field and then you've got the shop multiplier that you control with your in lanes. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything past that. Uh, on ACDC, you've got the two X and three X in the middle of the play field. I guess the, the riskiest kind of shot that's going to come straight back at you. Yeah. Um, and I think if you combo, you can combo jackpots to make them worth a bit more or something. Yeah, Batman. you can combo all the jackpots. And then there's um, the lane, the super lanes on ACDC is also like a timed 2x shot. So you could, you know, like 3x times, you could get a 6x, I guess, on ACDC. Oh, okay, so what, if, you, if you, if you is, is it like Walking Dead where you can avoid it? Um, or how, yeah, how, do you, how do you build that it's up? It's on a lane change, so like um, it's just one lit lane, but you can lane change it onto the out lanes also. So, um, you know, if you drain down an out lane with it lit, um, it will give you du- it, it'll it can give you double bonus for the first one and triple bonus for the second one, and then you're done. And that's on top of after, you know, like okay. I, got, I built so my. So the, the way to. Yeah. The way to progress it is by cashing it in, which is the opposite of, of Walking Dead, where you have to kind of ignore it, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, Batman Multipliers, I don't know, because we, we just got one on, on site, and um, I haven't played too much of it, but yeah. is, there a, is there a general rule for you with playful multipliers that you use? Like, is there a limit you won't go past? Um, you know, does it have to be related to where the multiplier is, etc.? 
I, I see. Um, yeah, probably just for me, a, a guideline would be like, I, I probably wouldn't want to go past, you know, three or five, depending on the situation. Um, I know Walking Dead was a little different. Uh, it actually went up. Uh, is it 20x? Is the... Yeah, per, no, it, it went up unlimited, but um, depending on what you had, the setting, like you can set it based on the walker kills. So normally it's every two. So I think you could you'd eventually run out once you lit uh, last man standing on your ball. You could have, I guess, like a 55X multiplier if it was set to every two. Every one, obviously, you get it 100. But um, that one is, uh, there's no guarantee you're going to cash it in. You're even going to go down the lane. And then after that, there's no guarantee, like, you're going to make it's, the it's shot. A lot, it, you know, yeah, so. and it's a lot harder on the premium in the alley, isn't it? Because you don't have that... Um... You know, a lot of the time that left ramp, um, yeah, up. Bill, you know, the new yeah, code is, yeah. is, is as up, so you can't feed that that right in lane as easy as it is on the pro. Right, right, agreed. So yeah, I mean, for me, and I feel, uh, I mean, I like the biggest thing for me is like I like being able to get into a situation where I can get the scoring on a game going like pretty quickly without having to like get bogged down in a lot of stuff, and a lot of times. Um, you know, multipliers, I guess that's probably why I like multipliers because, uh, um, and, and they also overlay on top of, or, or they can run, you know, with other rules, um, you know, at a minimum, I think what I would want to do just with the scoring is, um, make sure the scoring always goes up, uh, you know, in a not so linear way. Um, just, I, I don't, I don't like things that, you know, or like always score the same thing. Like that gets boring to me. Well, you you mentioned really. that like Roger Sharp was like maybe an, an inspiration towards yeah. that once when he came. Mm-hmm. I think it was on the Slam Tilt podcast. He said like he said you know like okay if I do it again make it worth more. Yeah, because um, I you know I don't want to be chopping woods. Exactly, and um, you know it also the two things he said when I was at Williams and working on Attack from Mars he busted in my office and you know with the big smile on his face and then he just was like hey this is really important to me and you know when i thought about it i thought about some of the games you know that i played um even some of the games you know, work on at data east you know every time i guess you know maybe you play uh uh, uh you know a mode like on tommy or something like that it's like okay I'm, i get these points and and that's it and then um it really sank in you know, and also to the point where, uh, I mean, everything in that game goes up, you know, I guess to a limit at some point. Uh, Total Annihilation is really the one that, um, you know, I like get really excited about because I know you, you play it and, and you, you can get some good points on it. Um, but it also made me think he's also, you know, he's, he's always made me ask the question, what's next? You know, okay, I did that. What, what's next? What, what do I am doing after this? And, and, and in the end, he said, if, if there isn't even anything else and I just have to do the same thing over again, just just make it worth more. And then and, and he's right, because I don't mind doing the same thing over again. It's like if, if I know my score is going to be uh, bigger and actually as part of uh, the reason I ended up implementing like the victory laps and um, attack from Mars for winning rule the universe, because like that mode was probably finish, like the, yeah. yeah the hardest thing <laughs> to get to and i know people like back in the day who would play the game for years just to get rule the universe and then like i would get it at work and when i finally got it 
I'm like, yeah, I got it, and I won it. And then, like, it collected all the balls, and it served the ball over into the shooter lane, and I'm staring at the game, and I'm like, I have to do this all over again, like get all the blue lights <laughs> all over again. And, I'm like, and I was just like, I have to have something in here that I'm even more excited about. Um, and victory it, laps are it? like huge points in the game if you can just keep that ball going like after you win Rule the Universe. So, um, is is yeah, there an end game all... like that for, for Tron? Is, you know, after you um, get to Portal and you've, you've got oh, that kind of vision portal. mode. Yeah, there's... Is... Um, we're uh we're uh well okay so poor a couple of changes i you know if if i could would would like to make to portal one is um and i ended up doing it with end of the line and i really like it um is when you're down to one ball uh that it would continue because it's like you kind of get to that stage in the game and you're like okay i gotta do this stuff and then like you drain out a multi-ball and it's over and you're like well, but wait, I just played like 25 minutes to get here and it's over. Um, that's one of the changes I would make. But yeah, the other thing I would hopefully do maybe with Portal is if you want it, um, you know, even if it's just like a victory lap feature like Attack from Mars and it just could be like, you know, Cora and Sam on their bike, you know, for like when they when they ride away, they escape out. <laughs> right into the sunset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, that'd be fine. Uh just so, you know, there's something, uh, you know, there's something there for it. But I think Portal, the way it is, like the rule is, I don't think anybody's, you know, come. I've come a couple of times close to finishing it. But um, I think maybe if it still ran with one ball in the play field and then had something afterwards, um, if you want it, like it would improve it. Uh, um, yeah. So who's, who's meant to finish the wizard mode? <laughs> Obviously, Good because, job. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking behind me. No, I, I, <laughs> they probably would be there. Um, but I think this was a you know a, a conversation you know Ryan had recently when we we're talking about wizard modes, and that a lot of effort goes into um, designing wizard modes, and obviously the what after, but not yeah. that many people are going to get to it. Right. That's, uh, I mean, that was, uh, end of the line on Metallica. And then for me, it's just, I, it, it's fun to work on, you know, and I know some people are going to get there and hopefully if they get there, um, they enjoy it. I think a good example of maybe a wizard mode that is probably more of like what you're thinking, like, this is what wizard modes should be, would be like Horde on Walking Dead, where sure. it's just like kind of achievable thing to, more like the masses, the pinball masses, people who aren't, you know, professional great players or whatever. And then, like, it's very theme immersive um, yeah. and kind of intense and uh, exciting to see. Like, it's cool when you get there and, and it's cool to play. And it just, like, it's more of an experience, even if you don't, you know, like, do well in it or whatever. So, that's right. I mean, if I could make wizard modes like that, I would make. Not, I wouldn't make horde every time, but something like that every time, or try. Yeah, to. but on the flip of that, I'd, I'd hate to have that one in a million game where I get right to the end in that wizard mode, and then it's a really lame letdown wizard mode. I'd also want that end experience to be yeah. reflective of the effort that I took to get there. Yeah, and that's you know kind of the hard part about uh, the whole uh, making game stuff is. Uh, and, and it's probably harder when 
you have to make like a pro model and a premium and an LE is like trying to make a game for everybody. You know, you have people out on location and then if they just maybe have fun and have a, a good experience playing the game for in, in the three minutes that they're going to play it for, great. And then, you know, you also have to put in all of the depth for somebody who buys one of the games for their home because, like, it's their dream theme and they're going to play it every day from now until, like, you know, the sun burns up all its hydrogen. I don't know. What? Is it, is it easier then to make a simpler rule set? Because, you know, Iron Man satisfies people in that you hit, you hit the orbits a couple of times with the spinners and Iron Monger's up. And I had friends come over to my house and play that game that never played pinball before and they, they just didn't move to any other machine because it was mm-hmm. they're battling this thing right in the middle of the play field. Um, yeah. But at the same time, the most advanced player might never see do I die multiple. Right. Um, I think there's only like, like footage of like, I think Carl D'Angelo doing it because... It's that hard, but still, the rules on that game are so simple. So, um, like, would you like to maybe one day make something again, kind of like Iron Man, that it it isn't that deep, but it still is very hard to get to the end? Absolutely. Um, I, uh, you know, again, it just goes back to uh, the game has to be fun. But then I, I mean, I, I enjoy playing a game like Iron Man where you could have a fun game and a fun time on it in, you know, 10 minutes. Um, and I just wouldn't want every game. I mean, if you make every game like Iron Man from, for now, for the next two years, people would be sick of games like Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, you want like a, I don't know, something that plays a little longer, uh, you know, like a Simpsons or I don't know. Uh, yeah, I absolutely. I mean, I, I know that as I get older and have more responsibility and I value maybe my time a little bit more, um, I, I, I prefer games like Iron Man over, say, like, uh, you know, a longer playing Simpsons or something like that, uh, for sure. So tournament, tournament play obviously has now played a bigger part, I'd imagine, when you were first coding because really it was for arcades you know, and that, that sort of yeah. network as opposed to tournaments now. How, how much of a of an influence does that have on your your rules design? Or, I mean, like, again, now you've got the three markets, effectively. You've got the home market, the tournament market, and the arcade market. So do you have to factor all three in, or are you still just making a game that you want to play? Um, you know, I guess in... Uh... Wow, how long ago was it? I guess it was 2007. I did, you know, something for Jim Shelberg and Pin Game Journal, uh, you know, where we talked about stuff like this. Um, you know, for me, just to start out, like, I just want to make something that is fun for people, you know, when they walk up to it, um, to probably, like, satisfy the, the casual player. I mean, to me, the game still is, like, going out on the street and the world has seen it and all kinds of different people are playing it. Um, and, and then after that, uh, comes, you know, the scoring and the strategy and, and all of the stuff that, you know, say like, um, uh, tournament players and competitive players, uh, want or expect, um, out of a game. But, uh, you know, the tournament stuff is great because, um, uh, I get to see people 
you know, I, I get to see bugs in the game. Maybe I get to see uh, exploits in the game and all kinds of other things. And again, like things I would I would never see. You know, like when I saw what was it Keith do that uh, on the Game of Thrones at the Papa Circuit against Zach or whatever that was. Um, with the, the unlimited um, hand of the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, it's cool. You get to see stuff like that and go, oh, uh, you know. Um, uh, and just see different people play the games. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, for me, it's like just start out, make something fun, and uh, keep working at it until you try to get uh, everybody. I, I mean, you're never going to satisfy everybody, but you can usually get pretty close. Usually, you know, you mentioned before, you know, trying if you if you ever get a chance to update that, and you know, I'm sure people, you know, their ears perk up when you when they hear that, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're on the Slam Tilt podcast, you mentioned, you know, maybe one day revisiting um, Iron Man as well. So I'll never get this opportunity again. So I've I've, I've, I've just re- <laughs> I've, I've just rebought um, Iron Man, and I've been playing it a lot. Um, a couple, of, and you can just. Write this on a piece of paper and throw it in the bin if you want. I'm gonna pull my notebook out. How about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Th- these ones aren't important, um, but attract mode sound. It's one of the only games from ah. Stern that, w- when the game is off, you press the button and and nothing happens. Okay. Um, uh, there's no full or- orbit skill shot, so you can you can short plunge, and I believe if you tick over the spinner once, it'll it'll progress to Monga. So that's that's kind of the only other option then. Um, punching the top lanes, but most of your games, like uh, Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, uh, Metallica, Batman, um, super yeah, skill shot. Walking Dead, yeah, super super yeah. skill shot. Some something to like a risk reward of um, if, if you don't want these two hundred fifty thousand points in the at the top, you've got an opportunity, but you might miss. Right. Um, when you have Bogey running and you have the Ironmonger up. The super spinner animations on the screen will take preference over bogey scoring in terms of like DMD animation, but it's it's worth like a quarter of what you're getting on on bogey. So your score is yeah your score is increasing, but it's like it's it's not the most important thing. And the last one is is a is a code suggestion, which I don't know if it's it's good or not. But when you have the Ironmonger up and you got super spinner activated. Yeah. Um, when you hit those orbits, you're getting you're getting decent decent points. Yeah. Um, and but you know most people will usually you know it's a safe, it's a safe shot if you can if you can life catch it and keep on doing it again. Yeah. I think it'd be an awesome rule if you know that the super jackpot on Ironmonga is is it three million. Yeah. Um, and you said you know it'd be awesome if it was a, is a a bigger kind of fanfare for it. I yeah, think yeah. it'd be a cool rule. Just, that it's a it, feedback sound. When you go yeah. in there and get it, I think it'd be a cool rule if that everything you accumulate during you know, while Ironmonger is up and before you start multiball, in terms of of you know the super spinner um, around the left or right orbit, would add to your super jackpot. So you can sit there and build it up if you want, but then the risk is if you drain or, or never get you know finish multiball, those points are then kind of disappear. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I uh, well. I got my pen out and my notebook out. Yeah, the one thing about the monger uh, right now, and for me, I, you know, to go back to the, I mean, one thing I definitely would change would be uh, 
whiplash, like the second whiplash. I think the first one's like maybe five hits, and I think the second one is like twelve or like it's it's way some way high stupid number that needs to come down. Um, for the monger, I know a lot of people in the tournaments get back to the people who can live catch. Some people they just that's all they play is monger. You know, they shoot the spinner, bring the monger up, get the monger, and play. So, um, you know, to do that. It would just have to be balanced with some other scoring changes in the game to maybe have like the risk spread out where you wouldn't want to play that feature like you know even more. So, yeah, I mean, when I thought of that rule, it, it kind of corresponds to to my skill level, which isn't that good. You know, I, I would hit the spinner a couple of times and like, okay, let's get into multiple where you know someone like Kaylee George would would probably do that all day, right? And and you know. Um, as you said, it, it, it wouldn't be balanced out. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's the hard thing, right? I think of a rule and I think, oh man, this is a cool rule. And you, you, you hear the rule and you're like, okay, well, someone's going to exploit that straight away. Yeah, there's somebody, I mean, but that can't stop you from, you know, trying it out. And then if somebody exploits it, it's like, okay, uh, you know, you can always go back and say, all right, I'll balance it or I'll make some small change to it or I'll change something i mean i think that's part of why like when code comes out the scoring kind of you know goes up you know you get a code update it's like oh the game scores higher it's because like there's some thing that people are doing and they exploit the game or whatever it is or they just do one thing in the game and then you're like well okay i'm going to make some of these other things a little bit more valuable so okay. then okay. yeah so yeah okay well i'm you know i <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I just I I I don't have an Iron Man. I'd like to get one uh, someday, but uh, yeah, I mean they're they're really only a half. I know the other thing that people mentioned uh, was the extra ball uh, they wanted. You know, so hard, like, impossible. Like, oh wait, yeah, I think it's just on the mystery uh, right now, and then. I mean, maybe a good place for it would be like the targets. Maybe if you uh, complete the tar- uh, the Iron Man targets, you know, a couple times, uh, you could light the extra ball. Um, a lot of that would have to be uh, just restructured, whatever, because I think right now, like, you can't actually, once you start the fast scoring, you can't do anything with the, you can't complete the targets again until that mode's over with, because it, I think it just says, like, okay, the targets are going to redo your time and increase, like, the the Iron Man fast-scoring stuff. So, yeah. But that was the other thing. I know people were like, I they wanted a way to, to actually, a deterministic way to earn the, the free ball, so you need to clone yourself because there's all these uh, all these ideas in your head and all these games that um, almost, you know, except for um, Walking Dead, which you said is, is pretty much complete. Um, yeah, I think that one's had, done. Had, and I think Metallica's pretty, pretty, pretty done at this point, minus, you know, if some bugs come up, I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't, well, how do you, I don't know. How do you juggle all of that with, with, say, the next project that, you know, that you're being put on? Uh, you know, most of it just comes from, uh, you know, I'm here at work and I work on the next project and then, but like I say, when I go home and Saturday I'll get up in the morning and have some coffee, go down and play some pinball and then um, I don't always go back and play like say Metallica or ACDC or whatever, you know, it might be like Dracula, you know, or World Cup soccer or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and, but then I'll play it. And once it's out of my mind for a little bit, 
I can just sort of refocus on it and say, all right, you know, yeah, this, this, um, it's like the feelings that when I play the game are fresh again, like I'm playing the game as if it just came out or something. And then, uh, you know, and then like, oh, this is cool or this needs a little bit of work or whatever it happens to be. And then, you know, sometimes I'll just stay down there for another couple hours and work on some stuff or, or what, but. I mean, at some point, like enough's enough, right? You know, I, yeah, I'm 100%. sure you could. Yeah, you could, you could, you could work on things forever, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah. Well, so then now that Batman's done, that that's your big game. Um, what's what's the future for you now? Are you going to be working on a cornerstone game? Uh, eventually, I think so. Um, there's another project I'm involved with uh, that I'm working on uh, that's mm-hmm. not a Cornerstone game. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I only really look at or try to look at what's in front of me, you know, like right now. And, uh, um, yeah, it's but do not you a like, Do you like title. to pick what you're going to work on? Uh, usually, yeah, I do. Uh, if I if I have the choice, sometimes I don't have the choice, um, and then uh, that's okay. But uh, I don't know. I think people generally do better if they. Uh, I mean, if 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 they're into what they're working on versus not, I, I guess. So I, well, I would hope that everybody get to choose what they work on. How does it work then with like you know the cycle that Stern's on with with all the games that are coming out and and you know the, the cadence is fairly regular now. Right. Do you sometimes know that okay, well this game is in the pipeline and it's coming out you know six months from now, but you know I I just started this game or maybe they announce a game that's coming and do you sometimes feel like you're on like the bad end of a cycle and you and you can't do that or would they delay that game because you really want to be on it? How does it how does that work? Um. I think it depends. I mean, I think the company has some commitments to things and they're going to happen and they do their best to match people up in levels of interest in working on different projects. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes the ship sails and you're like, well, okay, don't get to work on that one. <laughs> Somebody else does. Uh, so, uh, but in general, uh, everybody here tries to get people working on the games that they want to work on. Is it is it weird that, um, you know, all those years ago at Belly Williams, you worked with Brian Eddy um, mm-hmm. on Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness, and they're kind of like heralded as these, like these, you know, if you look on the pin side, top 100, even though that's just the popularity thing, it's, it's number one and number two, and, they, and they've remade it, so obviously it's a good game and it's popular. Yeah. Um, is it weird now that he's now in the same office as you and, and, you know, do you see him, you and him working together in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, I would hope that we would have an opportunity, uh, to work together again. Um, I just think it has to be, you know, kind of like the, the right situation. I know, um, you know, I guess the best example is like when Brian, you know, Brian and I worked on, yeah, Attack and Medieval at, at, uh, at Williams and then after Brian left to go work on video games uh, uh, Larry DeMar uh, who ran engineering there uh, was trying to uh, get uh, George and I uh, Gomez to work on a game and uh, um, he George wanted to work on some stuff that I was like I don't I don't want to work on that <laughs> and um, you know it took us a while to kind of you know come to an agreement on on 
what to work on. And then, but once we did, it's like, okay, like we're going to work on this. And that game ended up being uh, monster bash and uh, one of my favorite games. Uh, and so I think in, in regards to Brian and working with him, uh, you know, it just have to be something like that. I mean, if Brian has some game, he super really wants to work on and somebody says, do you want to work with Brian? It depends on what the game is. Um, but I think we're both on the same page um, as to what, you know, what games we, we like and what we want to, uh, what we want to work on. So, so he, he wasn't, he wasn't brought in just to be married up with you again, to, to recreate, you know, what <laughs> the magic. In the, in the 90s. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, yes, yes. Well, yeah, good. No, we, we can I, on your behalf. I, ah, that's right. No, I think. Um, I, I mean, bringing Brian and, and, and Keith too uh, is that. Uh, I mean, our desi- We're all. Uh, we're all. Uh, are we old? No. <laughs> um, so, but I. I don't know. George is in his sixties, I guess. Steve is. Close to seventy, I know. Um, I mean, our des- we're old. We're old. We need some new people, younger people in here. So, uh, so how long do you keep on going for then, Lyman? Because um, obviously, people really enjoy the work that you're doing, and and you know, the last four games, as you said, you've set out to do something new, and and nothing seems like each other, right? You know, people can say, okay, well, Horde is kind of like you know, crank it up, but that's when you dive, you know, deep into the game. So. How long can you keep on going for? Like, are you still enjoying what you do every day? Like, do you see this as being your forever job until you're sick of it? Um, so far, so good is all I can say. So far, so good. Um, Batman was uh, probably on the upper end of uh, of uh, the amount of hmm, how do I say this? Uh, it it was a stressful project for me to work on. Just yeah. the expectations people had uh, with the game, the scheduling, everything, and then also for me, just the amount of stuff that, like, for one person, I think it was a little too much uh, for me to does try. That, does that pressure come? Myself. Does that pressure come from the community, or is it more internal? Like. Uh, Everyone knows how long it takes to, I guess, program a, a game to that level. And you said you're pretty much working um, by yourself on that. So do you feel the pressure of maybe the community, like these people have bought the game and they want constant updates, but then you have to juggle that with the quality of the updates as well? Um, no, I think it's just the pressure I put on myself uh, to try to make something compelling that people like. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, I, I don't. I guess I don't feel too much pressure from, uh, you know, people outside or or whatever else. Just I, I, I think it just comes internally from from me, just trying to, you know, make something cool. So. But do you like? We we kind of saw it with um, you know, when we had Zombie Eddie on the show, and and. He says that you know he puts the pressure on himself because, um, like he's he's fighting against himself and he feels like if he if he doesn't produce the best possible work and it's better than the last work then um, 
he feels like he's kind of he's failed and yeah do you you know do you do a similar thing and and how do you like like it was weird to hear zombie yeti say that because 99.9% of people love his work but yeah. you know if 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 someone says anything negative he kind of i i feel like he might take it personally and say okay well and maybe he uses that for motivation like maybe he's not really getting angry but do you do you go through a similar process like do you read feedback and I I always read feedback and I don't get um you know you you kind of have to remove yourself from what people are saying and 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 filter it um you know some things people say in very positive ways and some people say things in very negative ways um you know for me I guess it's like okay is it 10 guys who are like I need a ball saver at the beginning of uh crank it up or whatever you know or is it like one guy um complaining about i don't know um something that's maybe not like such a big deal uh yeah i mean i think you have to put pressure on yourself to do better continually uh otherwise i don't know how do you get better or how do you uh um you know try to work harder and learn um and i mean to me it seems like pinball has changed a little bit just since i got into it until now i mean just the sort of general makeup of players um there's a more kind of diverse group of people playing games now, casual players and more expert players. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of tough to keep up with all of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I try to listen to uh, to everybody, and uh, and like I say, that the pressure I think just comes from from me uh, and. Uh, uh, it's kind of necessary. It's just, yeah, like well, I worry about it. Like, you, you know, you worry about like, I don't want to make anything bad. And then, you know, so you constantly have to keep second guessing yourself or trying things out or when things don't work, you have to start over and, and it, you know, it's just part of the process. Well, I like that. We, 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 we've sort of now witnessed it twice in the last week, first on dead flip. And now today where Ryan's going, I want to give you some suggestions. You're like, yeah, okay, here's my notepad. I want to take your suggestions. That That's a great attitude rather than feeling that you're, you're being attacked because, you know, you put your heart and soul in this and some people can be very protective of this, whereas you're just sort of like, yeah, bring it on. I, I just want to get better and I want to improve and I want to have my next machine being the best that it can be. That's a good place to be. Yeah, I know that uh I mean if I weren't here, I, I would want the person here to, you know, take the same position and because I'd be on the other side and I would be playing games and competing in tournaments and collecting and I would hope that somebody would listen to me. Um I don't know, even if I I mean not every idea is a great idea and uh, <laughs> and then I've put plenty of bad ideas into the stuff that that I've worked on. You just have to get it out of the game before the game, uh, you know, leaves the building. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope people would, uh, you know, would listen. All right, we've we've taken up about two hours of your time, um, <laughs> Lyman. But I've I've got just two quick questions from fans of the show. Okay. Okay. Um, Oh, one Christopher Franchi asked ah. me to, to ask you. It's very important. He said, uh, how many dusty red shirts do you own? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Uh, 
I don't, uh, I probably like three or four and I, and I own, I think probably like three or four dusty black ones and three or four <laughs> dusty gray ones and three or four dusty blue ones. So I, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time with my, uh, with my dress or my appearance. It was, it's, you don't need to like, answer the question. It was just, a joke. yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. The, the last one is from a friend of the show and uh, IFBA president, Josh Sharp, and uh, he asks, it's a bit of a trick question, mm-hmm. at your absolute peak, do you think you are a better programmer or a better pinball player? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, I don't know. I would... Oh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, this is a true question because you can't really, answer. You know, it. I would probably, I would probably say programmer. I'd say you're okay. probably awesome say programmer. So, but you were, you, okay. Well, you were also world number one, so that means that you're saying you're the greatest programmer of all time. Is that is that what you're saying, Lyman Sheets? Well, he said. <laughs> well, no, he's. He he said no. That's not what he said. He said, <laughs> at, my, he said at my at my peak, right? right? Yeah. That doesn't imply like. Yeah, anything. So, so, no. so, so Lyman, how how many majors have you won? Um, more than one. This. Uh, let me think. Uh, that's, one, the, that's the answer to the question. Two. Uh, I think four. Actually, right. Uh, Papa four more than Josh. Papa times three, and then uh, one uh, European. So four. Awesome. So where, where are you off to now? You've got a you got a reunion with the uh, the Belly Williams crew. Yeah, just down the street. Um, uh, one of the uh, girls puts together uh, Friday. It's the, always the first Friday in December, uh, and it's right down the street. Um, they used to have it in the city, and then it would take like you know an hour and a half to drive down there on a Friday night, and so I mostly wouldn't go. But this one's like you know half a mile down the street, and go by and get to see uh, get to see everybody. It's uh, usually a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for uh, answering all of our questions. And uh, most of all, like from the by behalf of the community, um, you're very well loved. And it's because of the effort that you put into uh, these things and, and how seriously you take it. And um, we hope that you never retire and you just keep on going on and on. And, yeah. um, as, as long as you're enjoying it, right? We don't no, want Lyman I, to get burnt yeah. out and, you know. There are good days and bad days, but for the most part, good days. I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate it very much, and I am happy that you know I, I get to do something that's mostly fun and and that I enjoy, and that um, it, 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 uh, it's wonderful. Awesome. Thank you, Lyman. Thanks. Hey, uh, are you guys uh, are you guys going to Pinburg uh, next year? I. I think I will be going to Pinburg. Of course, I've got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and get a ticket. That'll probably sell okay. out in five seconds this year. But dollar games right. on El Turdo. El Turdo. Yeah, totally. That's right. Or he. <laughs> so, yeah, what a shocker that was. Yeah, look, I'm I'm hoping to. For for me, my plans are now hoping to get to TPF. Definitely Pinburg if I get a oh, ticket. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. TPF. I hadn't been. Uh, this past year was the first time I went, and uh, that that show is pretty cool. Uh, it's a big one, and there's a lot going on. 
Yeah, well, because the what what I like about it now is because the tournament is already sold out. If I was going to go, I would it would be the non competition side of me that's going, and yep. I haven't been to a show in that capacity. So I'd be curious to just be able to just wander around and play machines and and talk to people as opposed to being in that competitive mode. Right. That's what. Um, that's where I'm at, at least right now. I mean, for me, uh, I've I've spent so many years competing and standing in lines, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so much more fun to uh, you know socialize to talk to friends. Yeah, and, exactly. Socialize yeah. and and enjoy it a little bit. So um, yeah. Well, if we get a chance to go, hope to hope to see hope to see you there. Yeah, and no Pepperk, hopefully we get to play against each other again. <laughs> again. It was fun. <laughs> it's always fun. It was good fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. All right. All right. See you later. Thanks, Bye, guys. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, so that was Lyman Sheets. Marty, what did we learn? Oh, Marty's not here. So, uh, Marty got called in for some work stuff last minute, and I'm pretty busy tomorrow running a flip frenzy, so the next best thing, I have the woman that I love, (laughs) Chanel. How you going, Chanel? I'm great, and I am filling in for the irreplaceable Marty McFly this evening. I do have to apologize to everybody. Even though I am married to a pinhead, I know even less about pinball than Jon Snow. Chanel, so... Let people know a little bit about yourself. Pinball-wise, what are your favorite pinball machines that you've played? Okay, uh, let me see. My favorite would have to be Medieval Madness. It's the one I played the most. Do you know who coded that pinball machine? Who? Lyman Sheets. Oh, what a legend. <laughs> I Let me think. There was... I didn't mind Total Nuclear Annihilation. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Um... Let's see, I do like Wizard of Oz because I do like the theme, so I'm always going to like it, even though I suck at playing it. Uh, it makes my kids smile as well, so points for that. Um, I also don't mind... Kiss, you liked. Look, anything that has good music, I like to like boogie while I'm playing. So if it has a good soundtrack, I automatically enjoy it. So things like Kiss and Metallica and ACDC, anything that's got... Oh, Tron. I like the bass. Slap it bass one. You I really... never play Metallica. I did play Metallica. I just don't... Look, the sparky noises annoy me. Okay. <laughs> just any, anything that's too, like, grating and okay. repetitive. And, like, you got to get him in, so he does his whole electrocution spiel, and that gets old real quick. But, yeah, Tron's good. Uh, I don't mind the other Jersey Jack one, the, the original one with the telephone. Oh, dialed in. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you that's love That's pretty that. cool. Yeah. yeah. We don't have that one, though. <laughs> so I've hardly played it. Okay, so on to the news, Chanel. Um, Deep Root Pinball. Deep Root Pinball. Um, what do you know about Deep Root, Chanel? I just have got the most unfortunate name ever. Okay, and just for all the But people- then again, worse would be Shallow Root, I guess. So better a Deep Root, eh? <laughs> I showed you their logo, right? Was this a phallic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's either... It's the butt plug, right? Like... <laughs> 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 It's hilarious that it's not intentional. <laughs> like, well, we don't know. Um, anyway, so Deep Root have been released any pinball machines yet. Um, they plan to do it at Texas Pinball Festival, Festival next year, and they had the plan to do the five days of Deep Root. <laughs> <laughs>
five days. Where is hair happening there? Yeah, me, <laughs> me and Marty pretty much let all the laughs out already. That was a, a very drained wow. joke. Anyway, um, they announced this week that, uh, well, they announced a lot of stuff previously that pinball is easy and they're going to disrupt the market by building better pinball machines, cheaper pinball machines, making pinball as easy. They released a statement saying that the launch has been delayed. Um, I'll link it in the show notes so you can read about it on This Week in Pinball. I don't usually like talking too much about it because, I don't know, they haven't they haven't done anything yet and I don't know what to believe because they made a statement saying they're spending uh, 750000 US dollars a month currently. And now, I don't know if that figure is true, we don't know. Why would you release that statement? Is that so that everyone says, okay, you guys are, are serious or is it to try and scare your competitors saying wow wow this guy has a lot of money i don't understand what you're asking what what do I, you want but, from me no, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Like, i have no comment yes okay this is going to be a quick one um the monsters okay yeah. when are we going to see the monsters pinball machine well we've already seen leaked pictures of it um what does the monsters theme mean to you chanel oh that's childhood at my grandmother's house pretty much okay that's, that's her like idea it. of a great show yeah <laughs> i personally prefer adam's family but um Look, man, that's that's for old timers. Like, I don't know. Is there a big fan base out there for the Munsters? Yeah, man, you've seen the people I hang out with in Pinball, right? Are they are they right. my age? They want to live there. It's the good times. The... Right. Okay. Anyway, um, the Munsters. Uh, there's there's rumors that it will be. But why are you heading to a market that's literally on their like last legs? They're, they're like so people... close to death now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, shouldn't you be aiming, like, get some fresh meat in, okay. pander to the, you know, the new fans? Like what? Okay, then, Chanel, then what are some current generation titles that you would like to see? Okay, from the top of my head, here goes. The Fifth Element. That's not current generation. I don't give a fuck. I want the fifth fucking element. That shit is mad, son. Yes. Oh, Rick and Morty. Yes. Like, okay, oh wait. My wait, God. you can't just skip past Fifth Element. What kind of playfield toys or, like, what do you want to see on the playfield? Well, look, they're going to have the four fucking elements, okay? You're going to have your little wind, you know, and your fire and your your dirt stuff. Um, How are they going to have dirt in the pinball machines, you know? I'm saying the four little pillars that you you have to yes. put the stuff on, they'd probably be a thing, right? How about Ruby? Multi-fucking pass. Yeah. Yes. Lilu Dallas multi-pass. But how does that integrate? You can't just say that. Well, how do you integrate that? I'm not a genius in terms of, you know, layout and design. I'm just saying the movie's got so many visual cool things that uh, the pinball creators would have a field day. Just Ruby, Ruby Rod? Ruby Rod. It's super green. Everything he does. Super green. Super green. Okay. Um, just everything. Corbin Dallas, like uh, the, the flight, you know, att- uh, what do you call them? Flight stewardess. Flight stewards, yeah. flight attendants, okay. with their you know cool purple outfits. I don't know, man. Like Beetlejuice. Yes, yes, so much yes. Okay. I love Beetlejuice. Willy Wonka. Yes, Gene Wilder only. I thought you were a Johnny Depp fan, Chanel. I was a Johnny Depp fan when he was Edward Scissorhands, but not when he tainted Gene Wilder's name. Okay. <laughs> Gene Wilder came first. Do you know that Marty prefers the the other movie? I can't believe we have him as a friend, Chanel. What do you think? I think... <laughs> I'm going to refrain from comment there. I think Marty and I have to have some words after this. Harry Potterheads? 
Yeah, well, look, we know that's never going to happen. That would be abs- that's that that's great for our generation. My grand generation grew up on on Potter, so we would love to have Harry Potter, but that's not not going to happen, is it? Well, she thinks that pinball machines are like seedy and it's a gambling device for kids. Not anymore, lady. Get with the times, dude. She's got a mobile phone Dumbledore's game. Dumbledore's gay. Then fucking Harry Potter can be on a pinball, right? Dumble- Dumbledore's gay. Dumbledore's she just put it as an ad, you know, ad. A note at the end. Oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. Okay. Even though we don't see him gaying out with anybody, so... They should have Dumbledore multi-ball, where you put the balls in his ass. <laughs> too far, Ryan. It's too much. Turn it down, Ryan. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Um, just what about, like, those old, cool 90s? We, look, my generation grew up on 90s action flicks, so they're like Beverly Hills Cop 3. Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay. All those great movies. Anything with a Schwarzenegger. So everything after 1990. Have a Toy Story. I love Toy... Look, it's not just because I have kids. Toy Story is Toy Story. Yeah. I think it touches everybody in their special place. <laughs> They're in a child. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, everyone loves a good Woody. It's, it's a great <laughs> movie. And I definitely think Toy Story should be made. Okay, so out of those titles that we mentioned, Toy Story is rumoured, um, Willy Wonka's rumoured, Beetlejuice is rumoured, everything else. Rick and Morty? No. That would be such a good pinball if they went balls to the wall with it. Like, did not hold back. No censorship. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> what the hell is that? That's, that's like... What was that? That's Rick... She <laughs> just made the weirdest sound in my face. Um, He's burp vomiting in his mouth. That's what he does. That that wasn't a good impression. You haven't watched I the show. I didn't have legitimate burp vomit in my mouth. Okay. So I was, my acting skills are not up to par. I apologise. Yeah. No. We gave you monsters. That's just not fair. Yeah. Hey. It's not fair. You don't give a shit anyway. Do I, you? Oh, look, look, bro. Are you saying? Are you saying that you would? If... I look. It depends, okay. Because it could be like a great-looking pin and then play like shit, and then nobody wants it. Okay, it doesn't ha- matter how great the theme is if what? no one likes playing it. So, what pinball machines do I have that plays like shit? Fucking what's that? Sea Witch and Quicksilver <laughs> and what, what everything they? made in like prehistoric era. Okay. That just did the ding, ding, the ding, 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 dong, dong, ding. That's that. No, <laughs> I hate it. That's the soundtrack. Okay. It's just bumper cars just going at it. Okay. <laughs> it's just no. But right. no, look, there's, there's, there's. What did you say? What was it? Guardians was not fun to play, but that's no, a great it is, theme. No, it is now. It is now. It is now. But there was something that was like a good theme, and then it would let everybody down. Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. Ghostbusters. Oh, look, Ghostbusters Wait, hey, still like has good music. Really That's good all music. it takes. It's just like a nightclub. It can be full of skis and be sticky floor, but if the music is on point, then it's fire. The nightclub is full of what? Come on. We interviewed the guy who did the music for it, Jerry Thompson. Did he do the original theme song? No, that's... Well, then, that's just taking credit for somebody else's genius. We don't, we don't have that much access now. Just people in the pinball It's not like he completely reworks the tune. It's the he same did, tune. He's a genius. It's the same tune. But, like I said, like I'm, I would jizz in my pants if you brought a Beetlejuice home. I just would hope that it played good. Because, like, Lydia Dietz is my... Who's Lydia Dietz? Lydia Dietz 
is Winona Ryder. She's ah, like okay. the goth. She, she was my idol growing up. Because she was uh, misinterpreted. Because confused. she's a misfit goth chick, and that's exactly who I was. Did I, did I marry a goth? <sighs> Come on, bro. <laughs> he acts like he doesn't know my past. And that's legitimate because he didn't know my past. <laughs> I, I presented myself as something completely different when I met him. I let the freak out after he's already like too deep. <laughs> but yeah, I would love Beetlejuice. All right, moving because on. Also, you know, Michael Keaton is the only Batman that matters. Hey, there's a there's a, a Batman pinball hey, machine with Michael Keaton. Really? But it's really but shit. But it's shit. See what I mean? The yeah. theme doesn't matter, man. The theme doesn't matter. It does matter. You just mentioned all the themes that you if want. If the game is horrible to play, okay. it has to be that beautiful marriage of a great theme. But then other people love... Look, Dial in, no offense, I don't like the theme at all. What is it's the theme? It's boring. I don't know, man. Ringing phones, aliens. It's like a, <laughs> it's like an Independence Day slash cartoon for kids. You know what I mean? It's, I, don't, I don't get the theme. It doesn't draw me at all. But the game's still fun because there's just so much to do on it. But... Yeah, the theme is just boring. What's total... I couldn't even remember what it was called. I was like, that other Jersey Jack pin with the original theme. <laughs> what... Oh, gosh, so harsh. What oh, does... Um, dialed in. It's like it sounds... What you call a modem. <laughs> That's what it's about. It's about dial-up internet in the 90s. <laughs> exactly. Um, total nuclear annihilation. What is that about? TNA. What's an ass. What's it about? It's about a nuclear system about to go into meltdown. You got to stop it. Pretty much the theme for like most '90s movies, right? Like a yeah. bad guy is going to make the nuclear kaboom, and you got to stop it. Except there's no John McCain and everybody else. Yeah. It's just you and some really hot vegan chick. <laughs> Points for the hot vegan chick. That's, her name is Sarah Rose. Yes, Sarah Rose. You do. You'd like make the game. I'm going to be she honest. Hi, Sarah. But um, yeah, that's all fun though. Yeah. And look, yeah, it's got that sense of urgency, and do you know what I mean? It's, Good music. It, it makes up for it. Like, who doesn't not love a nuclear meltdown? Like, that's <laughs> yes. everybody gets like pumped, like got to stop it. No one's like, oh, does that happen? You want to like make it go boom? But um, look, I get nostalgia, but it's got to be something that's not that far back. Like the only people that my generation know monsters are the ones that had to stay at their grandmother's house and could do nothing except watch whatever was on the television. But the people that are our age usually aren't at that point of their life where they have the disposable income. The kids haven't oh, grown up. It's starting it. to get very popular. There are starting to be celebrities, as you know, like you said, Jeffree Star, and then there's that guy, Cole Sprouse of Riverdale, which is supposedly, you know, a big hit with the young'uns. Who? You, yeah, you don't know because you're too is old. He's pinball. Yeah, just took his uh, Victoria's Secret model girlfriend out to play pinball. But that doesn't mean that he's into pinball if he just went... I'm just saying, it's getting coverage now. Okay. Like, it's, it's so retro, it's back in... Okay. It's back in the game. Who, who has to be into pinball, Chanel, for you to actually start getting into pinball? It's never going to happen, is it? Ah, uh, all the people I admire are dead, like Nicholas Tesla and Nicholas Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a contemporary person I admire? I don't know. Maybe Elon Musk. I don't know, but he's a bit cray cray too. So, to be honest, like, yeah. The closest I, you're going to get is uh, wearing a Mrs. Pin t-shirt around the house, right? Oh. With no pants on. Yeah. Yeah, the Munsters. I believe uh, it might get released before Christmas, and uh, we'll see it at CES, and it should be in Australia by the end, uh, before the end of January. Jeff Teolis. Chanel, you know who Jeff Teolis is, right? Uh, of course I do. He's your boyfriend on the side. <laughs> I know. He's the, he's the one person that Ryan calls more than his own spouse. <laughs> 
Jeff Tiolis is going to run a, uh, a little thing, the top 10 most intriguing people in pinball. Now, I can't... I was is he ask, including himself in that no, list? No. <laughs> what if he could? Yeah, me and Marty were going to give... Marty our, and I. Marty and I were going to give our top 10s, but since he's not here, I just want you to list just everyone that you know in pinball. Uh, players and... Anyone. Me, uh, crying out loud. Um, Lyman Sheets. Yeah. There's Gomez. There's... What's, what's Gomez's first name? Oh, fuck. What's his first name? It's Larry. No, it's not. <laughs> I know it's not. So if you said his name, I'll know it. But that's not Larry. Bob. No. Uh, Yorgo. No. George. Yes. Okay. Um, there's Franchi, the hexagon guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the manufacturer is obviously Jersey Jack. That's not a person. He's literal person. Oh, he yeah, his, name, his name's not Jersey Jack. No, though. but I'm saying like Jersey Jack. I don't actually know how to say his last name, so you just call him Jersey Jack. Oh, <laughs> crying out loud. Well, there's the guy that won the tournaments that was plugging your T-shirt. So I remembered his face. Yeah. Do you know what his name? No, I don't remember it. Keith Allen. Ke- oh, Keith, Keith. Keith. Uh, there was a guy with three balls. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Tim? Tim Sexton, Tim, yeah. yeah. Two, two balls now. <laughs> That's right. Unfortunate. He needs to find a new girlfriend. Um, Mrs. Pin. Yes. How many of that? Yeah, that's they're very intriguing. Well, it's obviously Marty. Yes. Um, there's the wonder kid from down under, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, right, that's all. Yeah. Anyway, I'll link that in the show notes. You can uh, give Jeff your suggestions. Um, social media watch. This is a new segment. Please don't do that again. <laughs> this is going to be horrible to do this, this is with you. Ru- this is totally ruining our marriage. Just letting you know. <laughs> you have never listened to one of the podcasts, have you? For reason, for this exact reason, I don't want to be less attracted to you than I currently am. <laughs> okay. Um. Just keep it in the closet, like Michael Jackson said. Uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, there's a video of Gary Gary Stern. Do you know who Gary Stern is? Oh, of course is? I know who Stern is. Gary Stern? What, what does he do? He's in Stern Pinball. Okay, yeah. Um, it's like the Godfather, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Gary Stern was playing the Beatles Pinball. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, this is not funny unless I do it with Marty. He, he swore and it was just it, it was really funny. I'm going to link it in the show notes. What was his... Which word? The F word. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, anyway. The Lost in Space Color DMD is now out. Do you know they made it a pinball Lost machine? in Space is in the TV show or is a movie with the, movie. the guy from Friends? The guy, yes, they made, a, <laughs> they made a pinball machine out of that and it is it is pretty that's, average. Yeah, that's no. Okay. Um, that's sad on all levels. Okay. So this week a new pinball machine from STR Pinball made its debut. Chanel, this is the pinball machine in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the colours? Are they beautiful? The sexy ladies on the sides? Looks like Barney with all the purple. Yeah. And <laughs> it's got no ramps. Yeah, that's a letdown. I love me a ramp. It's cheaper. Ramps are very, very expensive, you know. Oh, I think it's a worthy investment, to be honest. They could have done that instead of highlighted the uh, ass cheeks something... of the main girl in the middle of the play field. Is that offensive to you? No, it's not offensive. I don't mind a sexy lady, but 
I don't know. It's just that's what I just keep looking at: the light reflecting off her cheeks, Different. and then the Trivial Pursuit wedges right underneath her. And then, biggest of all, is why is Satan on the playfield? What has the devil got to do with drifting? He's just an angry Japanese driver driving through Tokyo, drifting Please, around. they're the most polite people on the planet. <laughs> okay. You could run them over and they would apologise to you. Well, you haven't really been involved in the drag racing scene though, have you, Chanel? That is absolutely true. I have not been a part of the Fast and the Furious We didn't go to Harajuku. Harajuku. Anyway, it's... um. It's a single-level player field. There's a couple of loops you can do. There's multi-ball. It looks pretty cool for what it is. It This is a, not a pinball machine that is made by Stern or something that's going to be in mass production. It's available to the people that ordered the Captain Nemo pinball machine. It's a collaboration between STR and them. Uh, we'll get, I guess, more news soon, but we'll link it in the show notes. There's a really good article on the Pinball News website, and you can have a look there. Uh, this week in Pinball, Chanel, you haven't done much. You played some... Lethal Weapon 3. That's right, and got the song stuck in my head day and night. It's Everybody been dance now. Everybody dance now. Um, yes, I've been fixing pinball machines all week because the old Stern Electronic Games uh, aren't being nice to me at the moment, and every time I fix an issue, another one props they up. They all need hip replacements, they're so old. Yeah. <laughs> they all like months as they're so old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running five tournaments in the next eight days. One tomorrow at Pinball Paradise with Frenzy. It's sold out, Chanel. Are you proud of me? (laughs) (laughs) I just wouldn't even ask me any questions right now. As you can imagine, that time Ryan's spending on these pinball events had to be taken from somewhere. You can guess who got the short straw in terms of parenting the children for the next week. (laughs) Yes, three tournaments on Sunday at our house. What do you think about... 40 people coming to our house. Oh, no, mate. Well, anybody would think, like, no, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're... I don't know. Yeah, he says it like I have a choice. Darling, is it all right if 40 people come over? Oh, as if I would ask your permission. <laughs> I did ask your permission. Can you get the fuck out of the house and not come back until the event's over? Thank you. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally what's happening. <laughs> I am get, taking the children and leaving. while Ryan and 40 strange men possibly a woman or two have a great time at my place there's a couple of women coming some Sheilas some Sheilas yeah Um, and then with their spouses who like pinball ah there might be one girl that's coming on her own just because she likes pinball yeah who's this uh Jess she's a rare unicorn indeed (laughs) yes okay um that's pretty much it for the week we're gonna keep it nice and short um, I will quickly read out some emails. <laughs> Chanel is just like, get me the fuck out of here. Um, quick shout out to Nick, our new Patreon subscriber. Can you believe Chanel? That Nick! People, can you believe people are giving us money? No, that boggles my mind. I don't know why you're paying these jabronis. Um, first email is from Shane Rubens, and uh, he said, do you know that Roger Sharp was a famous basketball player? And he linked Roger Sharp on NBA Jam, I think it is. And no, I'd never seen that before. Uh, Ezra. Ezra is a... Cool name, Ezra. I dig it. Ezra mentioned that uh, in our last interview with Jersey Jack himself, he mentioned he's not too crazy about Keith Johnson investing uh, time into wizard modes and that almost no one uh, will reach. It reminded me of an interview Keith did in 2015, and he linked the interview. 
Uh, in the interview uh, on the Board Game Design Podcast, Ludology, Keith Johnson described his coding style to board game de- uh, to board game designers from outside the hobby when he told his host that he makes wizard modes that even the most uh, good players will never reach. They asked him how his boss feels about it. He replied that his boss isn't a pinball designer and pretty much leaves him alone. It reminded me of a quote from a comic. If you're a mathematician, there are about 10 people on earth who understand what you do and none of them have the power to fire you. Anyways, Keith said he, uh, what Keith said always stuck with me and I was amused to hear that the plot line had continued in some years since 2015. You don't don't really have an opinion on deep code versus shallow code, do you? Well, I was just thought you were going to ask me about the whole wizard mode is that what it is that you have to get to that yeah you know. like there, there's wizard modes that even i haven't but that's like to. a holy grail thing then right only the worthy can get there yes so isn't that a cool thing why not have it yeah. does it cost a, a huge extraordinary amount of money to add that code of a wizard mode code whatever it is the thing is with pinball chanel is that a lot of people have egos and they only like games that All they're, right. they're so they, they want to yeah they want okay right for exa- okay, for you exa- know what? No, because there's there were games I played as a kid. Look, Sega is not the same as pinball, but there were some games that my brother and I just could not clock. Yeah. But that didn't stop us from continuing to play them. But the game's premise was probably pretty simple, right? What game are you talking about? Are you talking about Streets of Rage? No, we clocked that over and over, my friend. Um, the ones we couldn't clock, Golden Axe. For some reason, we could just never get to the end. Okay. The problem, the problem that people are talking about, I guess, is um, the complexity of the rules. Not that it's a simple game that that's hard to master. More that Pirates of the Caribbean offers you a uh, there's 120 different chapters, kind of like modes. But isn't they're... it more the merrier? Yeah, maybe. Do you know what I mean? There are people that want to uh, get to the you know all through all the um, modes. Yeah. That's what that what they like. That's how they like to play. Yeah. There's people that just play to get a high score, and there's people play just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't see what the harm is in adding all these modes for those who wish to try and complete them. The problem in pinball, Chanel, is that people only want you to like what they like. If they like a game and they don't like complex games, they want a bad complex game to say, oh, I don't like this, they're like, blah, 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 blah. Well, then just play old games that are just simple. Are you saying that everyone should just get along Chanel and just like the shit that they like? Say it, Chanel, say it. Just like the shit that you like. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Rawdon who basically was teasing me for uh, losing against him last week in Flip Frenzy, but Marty's not here, Rawdon, sorry, he's not going to read out your email. Uh, we got an email from... How do you pronounce his name? I should that really... looks like Thibaut. Thibaut, yeah. Uh, he wrote a long email about how much he loves Atlantis. And, uh, yeah. What's Atlantis? It's like a, the it's... lost city of Atlantis? We play a game called Slam the Top 100, and we have to argue which pinball machine is better. Mm. But we, we used up the whole Top 100 pinball machine, so now we're in the 100 to 200 range, and they're all shit pinball machines that I've right. never played. Yep. So I got Atlantis. From obscurity, right? Well, they're not that obscure. It's just there aren't many old games in Australia. Australia. Australia, mate. Uh, email from Lyman. Uh, Rodney. Oh, yeah, there's a guy, Rodney, who's coming to the Foot Frenzy. Uh, that's about it. So that's it for the week. Uh, Marty will hopefully be back next week. I hope he's still not working next week. This is probably the last time you'll ever hear from The first and last time. (laughs) (laughs) I will never listen to this podcast. You will listen. Never. You will. Never. (laughs) Subscribe. Raise on iTunes. We're on Spotify now. 
Did you know that you Why? Listen, why? <laughs> why must you... Why? Why? <laughs> why? These poor people don't deserve this. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> You're so supportive. You're like a plague. You're spreading like a plague that no one asked for. Ah, that's what I was going to talk about. The Twippies. <laughs> so, do you know what the Twippies are? Yes, unfortunately, I do know what the Twippies are. So, basically, it's a popularity contest that... Yeah, it's um, very sad. It's very, very sad. But Self-congratulatory. Yeah. Yeah. So, this year, instead of um, doing the voting kind of now and then doing it in December on Twitch, they're going to open up the votes on January the 1st and end it on uh, at the end of January, and they're going to do a live show like the Oscars at Texas Pinball Festival. What do you think about that, Chanel? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. If it's, it's like they got together and thought, what is the most inept, inefficient, ridiculous way to do this? Right, here we go, bros, let's do it. Don't you think it... It doesn't make any sense to me, it, and that just sort of deflates the balloon of excitement and anticipation. How does it deflate the balloon when... You have it, to wait so blooming long. Do you saying that in at the end of... That's like of, showing a trailer two years in advance for a movie. Okay. It's only, it's, you know I mean? it's only 110 days away, Chanel. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, it's an eternity. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I, don't I feel about it. I don't get it. I, I get the fact that they're trying to make it a big thing. Uh, are they? Are they like? Is everyone voting by paper ballot, and they have to sit there and count the ballots? Do you no, know what I mean? Like, it, I don't understand. It'll be, it'll be an internet vote, and yeah. So then it'd be the the results would be instantaneous. Yes. But they're going to wait an additional how many months to the reason announce the it? reason why they're doing it is because what if someone dies before then and they don't get to know that they won the Twippy? <laughs> it's tragedy. If, if we win this Twippies, are you going to throw the... You're a minimalist. Are you going to throw the uh, the oh, thing in the bin? <laughs> God. Just... <laughs> I'll club you to death with it. <laughs> no. Um, you, no, look, I know that you'll be excited to win it. Let's not let's not BS right now. No, I... He's I, trashing I, it, but if he won, he'd be like, Yee, I win. I'm validated. People care about what I say. All the angst my wife has is for a good reason. My life's purpose has been completely validated by anonymous people on the web. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're closing it up. That's the Head to Head podcast, episode 73. I'm Ryan C. I'm Ron Burgundy. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> Whales, Whales vagina. vagina. <laughs>